Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast. I am David Chen, and with me are Devendra Hardwar and Jeff Kanata. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing some what we've been watching, getting some weekly plugs in there before moving on into an in-depth review of Run, the new horror thriller starring Sarah Paulson that's available right now on Hulu. And I'm excited about this conversation. It's a follow-up, Anish Chaganti's follow-up to uh, his hit film Searching starring John Cho. Uh, very, that very we all different loved. films. Yeah, we all we loved. loved Searching. Yeah. 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 So excited to talk about his follow-up. I think, was it Searching, on, I think it was on all of our top tens that year? I don't know about I that. I don't even but, remember. Yeah. But I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I we, think it we was. All, I remember we all liked it being it for, on our It's certainly a very creative film. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about Run with y'all. Uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast at slashfilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. And also uh, support us on Patreon over at patreon.com slash filmpodcast, uh, where you can sign up for ad-free episodes as well as bonus After Darks, which we're releasing into the main feed through the end of the year. Thanks so much to the uh, 1,028 patrons who Whoa, have contributed. Dang. Yeah. yeah. We hit the 1,000 mark and more. Thanks so much to all those folks for backing us at patreon.com slash film podcast. Y'all are awesome. Feels good. And I've really been enjoying the, the After Darks, doing the After Darks with you guys again. It's, it's been good. a yeah. lot of fun. So yeah. uh, anyway, uh, patreon.com slash film podcast. Before we get to all of that, though, a couple of items to mention. First of all, I want to check in with you. How were, how were your Thanksgivings, gents? Jeff, I know you uh, ordered from like a restaurant, right? Ruth's Chris or something like that. That's if the I way to go. How, how are, you, yeah. are you stalking me? What, how, did I tell you that? <laughs> Pretty what sure happened? you mentioned it on the podcast last did week. Did I? If oh, I I'm, yeah. a, I'm an open book. You could tell um, from the camera that's above your dining room table. You know? no, yeah. That camera, yeah. the one that um, says Dave Chen on it. <laughs> it's weird. Weird. Weird that you labeled it like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, maybe I did? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yes, we, uh, this was, I am fairly confident to say, uh-huh. the fewest number of people I've ever spent Thanksgiving with. Wow. In that it was my wife and two children, and that's all. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever had a Thanksgiving with fewer than, or with as few as four people in, in the room. Yeah. I like, have to say, Jeff, uh, I love how you're flaunting your friends and family with us all, you know? <laughs> yeah. Usually yeah. I'm just reveling you're, in the joy and happiness. You're surrounded by of... the love of friends and family. Yes. Are you, have you, you guys you guys often have uh, have Thanksgivings with, with few people? I, I, Not I'm often, just... but I've definitely had like, you know, smaller ones when I wasn't near people. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I don't think yeah, I have. No. I don't think I've ever not spent the whole. Yeah. There's been a couple and of again, times where I've spent. Like I say, Jeff, la di da. Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> great, great work on being so incredibly popular, Jeff. That's wow. Awesome. Well, I, yeah. That's not. No, that good for you. The, no, yeah. no, good for you. Good for you. you know, for sometimes you, I've been invited to multiple Thanksgivings on the same day. <laughs> no, it's just no, no, so no, it's, hard, yeah. you guys. Good for you. Good for you. Um, good for you. That's cool. That's nice. <laughs> I've been it's to nice Canadian Thanksgiving on an October. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Mr. Thanksgiving around here. Um, no, the uh, it, it was just an interesting experience, you know, being being not with people. It was just my right, right. it was, you know, I have dinner with these four people every day. And then this day was like a special dinner, except that it wasn't because <laughs> my kids who are four and two, they didn't have any 
point of oh. reference for it being special. You know, we kept trying to tell him, hey, it's special. But it's, you know, when you're a kid, what's special is that Nana and Papa are over and, uh, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. you know, the grandparents are around and your cousins are running through the hallway. And it's, it's special because everybody's dressed up and when mom and dad are still in their sweatpants because that's the only clothes that we have now. And yeah. uh, they, they know, weren't we, were, were they, they weren't wondering about the glorious meal you were eating, Jeff. And like they could Daddy, not. Can have, I have some? Can no, I have a they bite? could not have wanted that meal less. Uh, they. uh <laughs> You know why? Because it wasn't noodles with no sauce. Uh, that's why <laughs> oh, man. they didn't want that. The traditional noodles with no sauce Thanksgiving was not happening mm. at my house. Um, mm. No, but I uh, I don't know how even how interesting this is. But uh, the Ruth's Chris experience was the food phenomenal. Nice. The the organizational structure of of picking it up. Uh-huh. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievably. It's like no one anticipated Thanksgiving would be a little out of the ordinary. You know, yeah. it's like no one thought, hey, we might be a little busy. Let's step up the structural integrity of this process. Wow, Let's Jeff, maybe- I'm so sorry that your Ruth's Chris pickup <laughs> process didn't go well. Uh, did you have a hard time getting your caviar and champagne afterwards as well? Or was that well, a smoother we process? Ordered, uh, my goodness, coming down hard on me. I had... I had <laughs> We couldn't, we didn't cook. We just, we, we splurged on the two person meal from Ruth's Chris that was still under a hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, we splurged on Thanksgiving we would have spent way more than that in grocery bills if we cooked. Uh, so I don't know how it, it turns into me being, uh, you know, daddy Warbucks over here. Oh, uh, Jeff, I think you dropped your monocle over here. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just found your monocle. Well, just hey, give hey, it to one you... of my, just give it to one of my many friends, Dave. They'll give it back to me. <laughs> Oh man, Jeff, what was the uh, what was the shit show going on with the steak? Oh, okay. So for th- there was a little uh, there was a, the hint there was a hint of a shit show when my wife put in the order several days early, like four days early. We, uh, she calls up the Ruth's Chris and she says, uh, "Hey, we'd like to order." Uh, is this Ruth two- or is this Chris? Yeah, yeah. We never never clear on the phone. They don't identify yeah. themselves. Um, and why does why is Chris owned by Ruth? You know, why is it Ruth's Chris? Anyway, so weird. Um, so it is weird. so weird. Uh, so they, you know, they they pick up the phone and uh, they, you know, she says, "I'd like to order two adult uh, turkey dinners uh, with all the fixins." And they're like, "Sure, cool, no wor- no problem." And she's like, "Do you want my credit card?" And they're like, "No, no, you can pay for it when you get here." And she's like, "Do I get a confirmation number?" <laughs> and they're like, "No, oh. an email of any kind." Mm. No, we have your name down. Uh, just show up. What time should I show up? What time is good for you? Four? Okay, be here at four. We'll meet, your meal will be waiting for you. It'll be under your name. Okay, and so that was the first warning signal that maybe they just don't have their shit together, you know? For sure. Um, and uh, that bore out. Uh, that turned out to be the, the case. The uh, I, I drove down there by myself. Thank God, I at one point was thinking of bringing my son with me because he likes to go in the car and, you know, we go pick up you know, meals sometimes in the, yeah. the, uh, he's one uh, time in the outside zone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, we yeah. go to curbside pickup and he thinks it's a big outing, you know, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Um, but thank God I did not bring him because I get down there and there is easily 40 to 50 people in a clump, just milling about <laughs> under a couple of tents that are set up in the out outdoors, uh, the, in front of the place. Uh, it was, a happened to be a really gusty 
day here in Los Angeles. The Santa Anas were whipping around. And so these tents were like being toppled over. It looked like it looked like what 2020 is. You know, it was just a bunch <laughs> of people in masks with toppled tents huddled together way closer than they should have been, all just hoping to get some food. You know, it was the saddest thing. And there were three or four employees. None of them knew anything. I get there. There's multiple what looks like sort of loose lines. Then they're, you know, I didn't know where to stand. And I get finally get to the front of one of the line after about a half an hour. And uh, I'm like, I have, yeah, it's under my wife's name. And they're like, she, the lady literally holds up a binder, like a, um, like a you know, loose leaf binder mm-hmm. full of papers that are sort of sticking out all cockeyed. And she's like, these are all their orders. None of them are in the computer. I'm going to need you to tell me what you ordered. And I'm like, uh, my wife did it. I don't know. Uh, turkey dinners. And she's like, uh, so anyway, so we ordered, we ordered, uh, turkey dinners with, uh, we actually ordered three turkey dinners, two, two, one for each of us and one for the kids in total to share, which obviously they didn't want anyway. It was stupid, but we did it. Uh, and we ordered all three. We got, you get a, uh, an appetizer, the main course, and then you get, you know, uh, uh, green beans and mashed potatoes and, uh, sweet potatoes and a little desserts. So our appetizers, we selected uh, lobster bisque, all three of them. We were excited about the lobster bisque soup. Sounded delicious. So uh, three lobster bisques, turkey. Anyway, so I'm standing there. Tell, tell her the thing. She charges me. I start you know, waiting with a throng of people. And everybody, well, one guy was had been there over an hour waiting for his food. People are, you know, they're starting to sort of organize. And, 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 and you know, anytime a, a poor employee would show their face, it would be like, hey, what, is there any information that you can tell us? You know, we this guy's been waiting. People are like defending each other. Like that guy's been waiting here. And then one guy will walk up and be like, hey, uh, I, I just need my food. And, and everybody like, no, you're behind her and you're behind him. It was like this Lord of the Flies situation that was emerging. Lord None of, of it turkeys, good. Jeff. Lord, Lord of the, the turkeys. turkeys. Yeah, no, well yeah. done. Um, and so eventually through all of that, I managed to sort of befriend this other lady who drove driven all the way from Manhattan beach. And then when she got served, she's like, Hey, you got to get him his food. He's got a four-year-old at home. I'm like, yeah, four-year-old and a two-year-old, you know, it's like playing the sympathy card as much as possible. And, uh, she finally like, you know, I get my food and, and, uh, it's it's just it's chaos. People are all you know looking to try to get food from other people. There's bags that are unclaimed, and people are just pillaging and pulling stuff out of. They're like, we don't have any more green beans. You can't have green beans. I'm like, okay, I don't need green beans. Fuck the green beans. I don't need green beans. I just want to leave. An hour and a half later, get home. The turkey is delicious, incredible. The sweet potatoes out of this world. Mashed potatoes, yummy. Stuffing, not so great. Lobster bisque was three bowls of gravy. <laughs> they gave us three bowls of gravy instead of soup. <laughs> so, I see, I see. I thought you were describing the lobster bisque, but no, they just gave you no, the wrong. No, they, they, they literally, it was such such chaos and so so disorganized on every level that they literally packaged up three bowls <laughs> of, of gravy instead of soup. So Amazing. we have plenty of wow. gravy. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was my that was my thing. So, and then we uh, we ate, and the kids refused to eat any of that stuff, and uh, and then I watched Run by myself, and that was my Thanksgiving. The perfect capper to any Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about you, Devendra? You have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, I proceeded with the plan. I told you guys, like we, uh, my wife and I, we made food. So I I baked the turkey. 
the day nice. before. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I like I like doing the stuff. Um, and my wife roasted a, a roast pork, uh, a pernil. And so and she made a whole bunch of pies and stuff, too. And we spent wow. Wednesday just driving around uh, Georgia. So I dropped it off at my parents' house, dropped it off at my brother's house. And then we had like a remote dinner on Thanksgiving. Oh, but, you know, like a nice. Zoom, nice. Zoom situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we FaceTime every night. So like nighttime with us is dinner. Um, I put an iPad in front of my daughter and, uh, you know, we FaceTime my parents and we always talk every night anyway. It's so hilarious it's that you that. moved yeah. closer to them, and then that's yeah. the way you interact with them. <laughs> it's still the way. It's still yeah. the way. It's, it's Maybe things will be to, better. It's fascinating mm-hmm. to reflect on like the things that the pandemic has taken from us and hasn't taken from us, right? Yeah. And, and it's taken away from us so much. But one of the things that's nice that it hasn't taken away from us is, in general, you can still safely drop off food for people, right? Like yes. There's yeah. very little evidence that there's foodborne illness uh, that COVID is food born. So yeah, yeah thank uh, God, right? What would we yeah. do? Yeah. yeah. What would we do if we like, couldn't get takeout from places or you know, like that would be Jesus. Be very sounds, bad. Would things be so, would be much, much, so worse. much worse. Like, as, yeah, yeah. As bad as things are this year, it yeah. could go, it could have been a lot worse in many ways, but, uh, I do, I do have to say like the, the dinner itself, like it was nice doing the ritual. Cause I usually, for the past couple of years, I've been the one baking the Turkey for, you know, my wife and our, our family in New York. So I, I still like doing that. We still like preparing the meals and we like doing the big holiday stuff because, yeah, this uh, this pandemic has taken so much from us. At least we can have some semblance of a family celebration, you know, and uh, I am also very happy that my daughter is just like ravenous. Like she will eat whatever I put in front of her, which I uh, I really enjoy seeing because she was tearing through the roast pork. She was really devouring the turkey like she was on a ball. Um Maybe I'm just, uh, I feel like I'm always tempting her with foods and it's kind of tricking her into eating things. Like she's had kimchi at this point and she mm, loves nice. it. So I'm um, yeah. lucked out, dude. Lucked out here so far. Also, my, my wife doesn't have, like, she can't eat too many things. So my daughter is my new eating buddy. So it's all great <laughs> to have, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. We had a little uh, Thanksgiving celebration in our COVID bubble. Um, our COVID bubble friend, Carter. And, and just mm-hmm. to, to be clear, when I say COVID bubble, what I mean by COVID bubble is the three of us interact with each other indoors and with no one else. Like it is a completely self-contained bubble. So we spend basically every day together and uh, we had dinner together and Carter is quite the chef. Um, so I like Instagrammed and tweeted about our, our spread and it was great. And she cooked a, a lot of stuff yeah. along with my, my wife. I, I, I like how you definitely planned this situation out for yourself, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Like COVID bubble Somehow. with the chef. You know, yeah. Somehow I'm the, the I'm artist. the aristocrat, and you've got like your personal chef in your bubble. <laughs> I would, but I'm definitely... the guy because I go to freaking take out and stand on in the windy outdoors, hoping to get some food. <laughs> I would not describe her as my personal chef, uh, but yeah, I'm very grateful for uh, the food that she cooks. She, I mean, you know, she uh, she reads a lot of recipes and she yeah. isolates and the she best just ones for you we... every day, and uh, it's great. <laughs> It's great. It's, I mean, not every Dave's day, but it's forwarding it's, recipes. Like, ooh, have you noticed this one? <laughs> Look at that. I mean, I'm not saying we don't share recipes, but anyway, <laughs> uh, it was it was delightful. It was great. We spent you know the, that night that evening kind of talking about what we're thankful for, and we watched Panic Room, which I'll talk about later uh, during the podcast. So that is actually a movie of the moment. But yeah, I can't wait to talk about that more. Yeah, Panic so, Room, the Thanksgiving film, as I, I yeah. think yeah. everyone agrees. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, I, we hope uh, out there that you had a good Thanksgiving, a, a safe Thanksgiving, and I'm just 
really glad actually that the two of you didn't do any traveling or anything that was unsafe because yeah and I, that would, I did that would make for a ten segment traveling yeah, yeah 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 exactly exactly but that would have made for an uh, uns- uh a tense opening segment of the podcast so it anyway is, i don't know if you guys have encountered this with your uh your relatives or the pressure to come or anything like i did there was some of that and there's also like i, I have an aunt and a cousin and my cousin at some point had contracted covid and they're they're just not being safe at all which i'm just like what are you what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> You're the ones you're just keeping it going here down Georgia, but that's also the way so many people down here feel. It's just yeah. really, really wild. I cannot wait for this vaccine to just, you know, come and hopefully people actually take that or at least the uh, the benefit of, you know, smarter people actually taking, you know, the pro- the precautions and the vaccine. Well, hopefully enough everybody. people will take it. But yeah, yeah when I go that's all I can hope for. When I go out for a walk, like everyone's socially distanced, everyone like wears a mask. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it's just reassuring, you know, that I'm like surrounded by people who are taking this thing seriously. Yep, that must I feel good. Would, yeah, I would wish that for anyone. I would wish yeah, that. For I don't necessarily see that either, but yeah. So uh, before we get to what we've been watching, I do want to follow up uh, one thing from last week's episode of the podcast. Last week on the uh, slash filmcast, we talked about the Nest, Sean Durkin's new film. We all really enjoyed that movie, and at one point in the podcast, I said. Uh, I, I asked the question, like, why do we think it was it took place in the 80s? And I said, one of the reasons it took place in the 80s is because the finale of the film depends basically on not having modern technology. Like, if there was <laughs> modern technology, the finale wouldn't work. I didn't mean to imply that that was the only reason it took place in the 80s. And yeah, I apologize uh, we, if it we, came we, out that yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did people so I apologize assume that if it came out that way. <laughs> but yeah, there, there, there's other reasons it, came, it, it took place in the 80s. And Sean Durkin actually discusses in an interview at SlashFilm.com where he says, quote, I chose 1986 because I wanted this movie, The Nest, to be centered on the eve of the big finan- uh, the financial Big Bang. Many companies in London being sold off at that time, and it seemed a chance to make a lot of money. Obviously, no one knew that the financial markets would crumble a year later. I did want those values of that time to be at the core of what was going wrong in this family. This idea of the guy who's been sold this idea of success and thinking he's doing the right thing for his family, not thinking about the details and what it means emotionally. So it always comes for me out of the character first and their decisions and the bigger scenes come later, end quote. Um, so anyway, just wanted to call that out. Uh, you know, bummer that I didn't mention that. I want to thank Mark in the Slack film cast for, for bringing my attention uh, to that quote. But um, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that uh, the setting accomplishes many things. One of which we, is I think we mentioned we yeah. mentioned that yeah. a power. Yeah, I it think was, it was all about the music, you guys. It's all about the music. <laughs> I mean, the music, the soundtrack was great in that film. So, so. good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right, those are opening thoughts for the podcast. Hey, I got to cut in here and tell you about our sponsor, Fubo TV. Are you sick of cable? Yeah, everybody is sick of cable. That's why we're switching to Fubo TV for live sports, news, and primetime TV without the complicated contracts. With Fubo TV, you can pay less money for more channels. Then your cable company with no bulky set-top box. It's so much better. You want to you wanna see live TV? You're worried about missing live TV? A lot of cord cutters. That's the thing they lose out on is live TV. Well, you can get the best of both worlds with Fubo TV. You can watch live and on demand. And the monthly cost of cable is over $200. Fubo TV is $65 a month to watch the same channels. And you don't pay for DVR or 
and installation. Fubo TV is how you should be watching TV. You get everything you want all in one place for less than the cost of cable. It brings you over 100 channels, cloud DVR, no hidden fees. You can stream your shows on your TV or any other smart device. And they've got all the major broadcast and cable networks, so you can find all your shows, including live sports, news, and primetime TV. Get all your favorites with Fubo TV. This is us, The Bachelor, The Premier League, The NBA, all the news channels, and so much more. There's no risk to try it out. You can get full access to Fubo TV for free for a few days to try it out. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners the free trial and 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com slash filmcast. There are no contracts. You can cancel anytime. So why not try it? Go to FuboTV.com slash filmcast for 15% off your first month and a free trial. That's FuboTV, F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. Let's get to what we've been watching, gents. Uh, so this week, I want to talk about a few items. First of all, I finished How To with John Wilson. Um, have you guys nice. heard uh, of the show? I think you, some of you have started watching it. I right? mean, yeah, I think we, you, you we've all watched it. it. Yeah, yeah. At this point, yeah. Um, and so it's six episodes, and I finished the finale uh, this week. Now, before I talk about the finale, Jeff, you you watched your first episodes this week of the show, right? I did, yes. So yeah. let's. I want to hear what you thought of the first few episodes, or how many, whatever episodes you watched before I talk about the finale. I think this show is brilliant. Um, structurally and sort of um what's the word i want uh, the the methodology is amazing it, it, clearly this show is constructed out of just tons and tons and tons of footage right yeah. he forms this is a, a narrative that shoots footage yeah yeah for fun. and then he sort of builds a narrative out of this found footage and i've never seen anything quite like this uh it's extraordinary it's it's reality in a in a really interesting through an interesting artistic lens, right? It is clearly someone that it's like um it's like hitching a excuse me hitching a ride with an a very observant person. Right? Yeah. He, he's mm-hmm. he's clearly noticing things that most people don't, and using that stuff, right? The things that that seem to capture his attention at any given day, or capture at least the direction that he points a camera, uh, often fascinating, often those things that most people overlook, a, a, a little exchange between people, uh, a, a strange position of a discarded item on the streets, you know, a, a sign tilted just so. And out of all of these little captured moments, these little obscure, disparate things, he, he creates connections and builds a narrative out of that. And so in that sense, I think it's brilliant. I, I haven't watched all of them, but it, it, for now, it's a show that I more admire than enjoy, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I'm impressed with it on a structural level and on a artistic level, but I haven't, the episodes I've watched, I've chuckled at a few times and I've thought, wow, that was a, just a genius turn of, how you use that or how you took the theme and bent it in a different direction. But ultimately I, I didn't come away. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm my throat. Um, I didn't come away from any of these episodes that I watched, 
um, feeling like that was as a whole, that experience was incredible. I just, I, right, I kind right, of admired right. it more than I loved it. I think he's just, he's doing a better job than anybody else of capturing New York today in, in a very realistic way. You know, when I talk about loving being in New York and people watching and everything like that is what this show is. It is all his, his footage of people watching in New York because there's always something interesting happening. You can turn around and you'll find, you know, a couple fighting or a guy wearing a really weird outfit or something. Um, I remember one of my most indelible memories is having brunch with somebody um, in NoHo and then just walking back to the subway. It was just an old guy in a, in a thong bikini just walking yeah, down the you, street. You know, just, as you do. Yep, yep, as you do. Like, yeah, as completely normal. It's like, huh, New York. Love it. <laughs> Love it completely. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Dave, overall thoughts? Because there, there's one specific episode I really, I really have to unpack with you guys. <laughs> yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Unfold. Yeah. You have, to, yeah. you have to stretch your way through it. Is yep. that what you're saying? Uh, um, I, I, so I, I love the show. I think it's brilliant. I want to talk about the finale. But yeah, we, I guess we should say we'll give away some minor spoilers as we talk about some of the episodes. But um, but I, I'll, we'll try to avoid any like hardcore spoilers. I mean, I also think that this is a show that needs to be seen to be believed. It's yes, really... Yes hard to quote unquote spoil i i will say that the, the degree to which things can be spoiled is every episode begins with a seemingly innocuous title like right uh how to put up scaffolding or um how to cover your furniture things like that very very basic things and then at some point in the episode it just takes a hard left turn sometimes like to- 15 seconds in you yeah, know, that it, sometimes it that, doesn't waste any time to do that. And you have no idea. That's the thing that's that's so delightful is you have no idea where this is going, but you know it's going to go somewhere unpredictable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Devendra, you wanted to process episode four, I think, right? Yeah, how to how to cover your furniture. Because I think by the time you get to that episode, you're like, okay, I get the I get the vibe <laughs> of the show, right? I see yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. He's he's, yeah. he's a guy who obsessively captures footage for fun. That's what he does. And one thing he reveals is that he also has a journal of everything he does every day for the past decade or something, which is seems insane to me. It looks like the scrawlings of a madman, but I think that completely explains who this guy is and what he's doing and by capturing the footage. You get to this episode. And, and, and it, it, start, it yeah. starts with like a very a very practical guide of like, hey, sure. sometimes people have furniture and they want to cover it with plastic because they don't want it to get damaged. Like it's a very normal thing. What, is, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean, mean, does it mean to want to cover up furniture yeah. though? Yeah, I grew up and, with uh, furniture that was covered in plastic. Me too. Because, yep, yep. My it's, grandmother. Uh, oh my god, a, it was crazy. It's either yeah. older folks or immigrant families too. It was a very yeah, popular thing. Right. Like they go straight yep. to an Indian household in that episode because it was like, that is literally what everybody in my family does because you want to, you got to preserve the furniture. It's the most you don't important have shit. thing. You don't have shit. Was, uh, my grandparents, immig- sure. immigrants from Italy, they didn't have shit. So when they got furniture, they're like, we're not going to, we're, we're not going to waste our furniture on the family. And real you know? furniture is expensive, you know? So yeah, I, I can, I understand the impulse completely. My mom still has the furniture she wrapped up. Uh, sitting in her like uh, living room somewhere right now, but it nobody uses it. It's so uncomfortable. It it is so pristine that you know you never want to do it. But okay, my grandmother had, literally had an entire room in their house <laughs> that no one went in. It was their their like entertain entertaining yeah. room, like the yeah. the family room. But literally, no one went inside. It was pristine and it was not to be entered by any That's human being. Like yeah. it exi- and they we, they wouldn't have 
dinner in their dining room. They had dinner in their kitchen yep. because that's mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you kept the nice things for the guests, but family <laughs> were not come. guests. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Anyway, go ahead. Yep. Uh, I, I just want to say like, uh, okay, I, I was totally down with this. We saw the process of somebody, how they, uh, make custom furniture covering, right? They, they, they wrap yeah. it up. They, they Great. make it all custom fitting. The guy, so so the good. actual furniture guy does not cover his furniture because it's insane and you should never do that. Uh, <laughs> But then you get to this point where <laughs> you, you mean the guy about, making the coverings does yes. not, in fact, cover yeah, the his guy own whose furniture. livelihood depends yeah. on people covering their furniture <laughs> does not cover his furniture. That should yeah. tell you something. But the you best know, then, part is that he's yeah. like, do you, you know, interviewing the guy is like, do you cover your furniture? Nope. No. And that was the extent <laughs> of it was just that's that's all you get. <laughs> uh, but then it gets to coverings of all kinds, right? Coverings and things that we protect. Then it gets to circumcision. Then it gets to people who want to reverse circumcision and then gets to this guy, this, this guy that I feel like I've just met people like him, like a very, (laughs) very like smart, conversational older fellow. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's the college town guy. You know, he's somebody who is just very smart, knows a lot of things. You'll have a good conversation with him. And then we end up in his bathroom. (laughs) Then he takes off his pants. Then he takes off his underwear and HBO does not shy away from any of this. Like it is full on. We see the technique of how he's attempting to uh, reverse his circumcision by pulling his his the what the remnants of his foreskin down with weights, and it just shows it all. Like there's no there's no cutaway. It is probably the most horrific thing I've seen this year, and we have yeah. seen Possessor uncut. You know, the, the, I mean, uncut's a word. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uncut. The, the uh, the worst scene for me was not the bathroom scene. It was yeah, the, the bed, bed scene yep. with the, mm-hmm. yeah. the pulley system that is rigged up to the headboard yep. to maintain the tension on said foreskin throughout Dur- during the sleeping which, by process. By the way, they review the Bong Joon Ho film Parasite. Yeah, uh, yeah. and they good said review. it was pretty good. good they yeah. said it's pretty good. Yeah. So, but man, it is just it is <laughs> it's a level of. My jaw being on the floor and just embarrassment for everybody being involved. I think they get like a shot of his wife in the dining room, just like, just please don't put, don't show my face. I think that was his daughter, daughter, and I don't think you ever see. I don't think you ever see your face. Either way, they were like, don't. I I don't want to be part of this. Like, this is what my dad is known for, and now is on TV. Great, Um, it's amazing. And I was watching this episode with my wife because she really enjoys the kind of New York aspects of it. And actually, the episode before this, if you look very closely, there's like a shot of uh of a baseball field early on with like a, a weird time machine looking car out in front in the background is my old apartment building so that is how much this show hits my new york nostalgia but man i i will never forget these images <laughs> yeah no for sure it definitely seared yeah, its way you into can't, my mind nope. as well. you can't unsee it yeah, yeah. yeah. you can't unsee it it's, so well, anyway watch the show yeah <laughs> the show is how to with john wilson i'll say a couple words about the finale which is that one of the things that's interesting about the show, as Devendra indicated, is its New Yorkness, right? Is it it displays the full breadth of humanity that uh, you can see and experience in New York. But of course, we all know that New York was one of the first places that was hit by the coronavirus pandemic. And essentially what happens in episode six uh, of <laughs> How to with John Wilson is mm-hmm. th- it shows him transitioning into the world of the pandemic. Basically. Oh man. Like, most okay. of the show has shot been shot pre-pandemic. And then 
as time goes on, like it finally catches up with the pandemic and you see him kind of dealing with it. And um, I cried. I cried watching this episode because it was very, very powerful and moving. I'm not going to say exactly why, but it was one of the most brilliant half hours of television I've seen on TV this year. And I'm ready for it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, it was really effective filmmaking and uh, it's not, I did not anticipate that reaction because most of the time I'm watching the show, how to with John Wilson, I'm cringing. My, mm. you know, my soul is trying to leave yeah. my body. You're crossing um, your legs. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this episode, I was just, it was an emotional gut punch mm-hmm. that I did not see coming. And That's and great. I'll just say one thing, which is that one thing that this episode captures is how scary things were back then. Like how little we knew back uh-huh. then, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, there there is this uh, uh, subplot about like whether or not he should bring someone food, and it's like the the, the uh, one of the people who's he's asks the question to is like I, nobody knows. Nobody knows whether it's okay to bring people food or not. Like, we have no idea. And it just brought me back to, you know, six, eight months earlier when uh, we just had no idea how this was, this thing was transmitted and what the most dangerous circumstances were. And thank God we've gotten to a point where now we just choose not to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we actually know things, but we we decide not to because it hurts my little, my, my face. You know, the mask is too hard to wear. Yeah, well, anyway... Uh, I'd recommend the show and the finale is really powerful and that's great. The show is how to with John Wilson. It's an interesting thing. It, it must mm-hmm. take forever for him to construct Man, an episode. I can't even imagine. The ridiculous. There's, well, yeah, there's yeah. a shot. I think Catalyze. in the first, yeah, yeah. sorry, just really quick. There's a shot I, or a, a sequence. I think in the first episode where he like goes through a number of doors, like he's like, Oh, I'm I, it's, you know, you just open the door and you never know what you might find. And it, 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 he opens like six or seven doors. And the, by the way, we should say I'll, most of the show is shot first person, yeah, which you yeah. never see. I don't you think know, you would never like even see his grade. face. Oh, you yeah. do see his face a lot. Uh, how do you like in, when he, he looks in a mirror, you see it. Mm-hmm. But in general, oh, you all the time it. you see it. There's a this part that made me laugh my ass off is when they f- first show him. Uh, it, when MTV it tells him that he has to leave <laughs> oh, because yeah, 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 in yeah. every shot he's looking at the camera. <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, there's a sequence where he goes through a bunch of doors and the doors are in like, they look like they're on different continents. You know, mm-hmm. like it's such wildly different places. Like you'll walk out onto a balcony of some crazy place that looks like Taiwan and <laughs> then they like open a door in like this underground club and then there's somebody's Sneer, bedroom. Man. It's all, it's just, just it's all wild. And uh, just the idea that for that tiny sequence, like the number of hours it must have taken to just record stuff and then sort through it and build it all together. All the, the whole show just feels laborious, you know? Yeah, well, cataloging, I also feel like, cataloging all the footage and then matching yeah. it up to the narrative. Yeah, must have been a Herculean task. So I wonder, I want behind the scenes of the show because I wonder how much of it was like, I have this idea I'm going to go shoot footage for this idea or I'm a crazy person who shoots footage of just everything in New York, including walking through random doors. Because yeah. Maybe this could be cool sometime. Like, I wonder like what was the, uh, the motivation there? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because on Nathan Fielder's YouTube channel, Nathan Fielder, uh, the creator of Nathan for you, one of my favorite shows of all time. And also 
an executive producer on How To With John Wilson, they released a YouTube video called like Anatomy of a Scene, How To With John Wilson. (laughs) Now, this is a very popular series uh, at the New York Times. They do like Anatomy of a Scene where they have a director comment on a scene. And uh, Nathan Fielder releases this Anatomy of a Scene with How To With John Wilson. And watching it, I, I just knew that it was not going to be a regular anatomy of a scene. <laughs> he was going to take this format and do something ridiculous and surprising and possibly upsetting with it. And I'm just going to say I was not at all disappointed. Uh, and <laughs> I would strongly recommend, if you've watched Tattoo with John Wilson, definitely watch this YouTube anatomy. Of, or even if you're a fan of just uh, Nathan for you, watch this YouTube video of anatomy of a scene. We'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, it is incredibly amusing. I laughed my ass off watching it, and it it did not disappoint. I had high expectations. It did not disappoint. So, anyway, that's How To With John Wilson. It's on HBO Max, and I would also recommend the Anatomy of a Scene on YouTube. All right, uh, so a couple of things I want to mention real quick. As I mentioned, uh, our post-Thanksgiving meal movie was Panic Room. Getting in the David Fincher vibe because we're going to be reviewing Mank next week. And I, uh, this is a movie that uh, our, our COVID bubble hadn't watched in a while. Um, some of our COVID bubble hadn't watched at all. It's one of my favorite thrillers. Um, I really enjoy the movie and yeah. we're watching I'm it. I'm glad you watched a good thriller this week, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rewatching it again, I have to yep. say, uh, still brilliant. Some of the visual effects are dated, uh, but I think overall it's really effective. And what what impressed me the most this time around watching it, uh, watching Panic Room, is you have these, what, five characters in one house. And what's so great about this this movie is how the, the, the screenplay, like, tetrises these characters. Like, mm-hmm. it's like inside the Panic Room, outside the panic room. And then you have Jodie Foster and her daughter, Kristen Stewart, and these other three guys. And it's like the, the screenplay figures out ways to reconfigure that, those elements into kind of different configurations that make for really tense uh, drama. And I, uh, I, I appreciated that. It's like, wow, you only have these five ingredients and two locations, basically. And how are you going to like mix them up? How, how do you even get them into a place where they get, are mixed up? You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's very creative. It's very creative. I really enjoy it. And the only thing that I'm disappointed by is that we don't have a really good physical uh, media release of this film. Like there is no 4K Blu-ray of this. Oh man, I don't even know if there's a Blu-ray of this. To be honest with you, there has, which to is be. a shame because it had one of the best DVD releases ever. Yeah, it had like yeah. a three-disc DVD release that was. Really impressive, and I think uh, there there the is Blu-ray. a 4K Blu-ray. There is a 4K Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I don't think you can buy it anywhere though. It's not um, it's not readily available as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like if you try to find it on Amazon, I don't think it's possible. Sure. Uh, but let me let me know if let me know if I'm missing something. Uh, but I don't think it I don't think it exists right now. So it's uh, it's unfortunate. But anyway, uh, you guys a fan of Panic Rooms? Or yeah. are, are you guys in general? panic rooms? Just like uh, any, just the one, just the one. Just I would one. love a panic room right now. Yeah. <laughs> are you a fan well, of uh, putting in a panic room in your house? Because uh... I mean, my my wife spent a good thirty minutes after the film talking through the pluses and minuses of having a panic room. Well, uh, let me just tell so. you that during the COVID year, 
Uh, my entire yeah. house is a panic room. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all we have is panic rooms. It's all, every every no, home is a panic room. Yeah. There's no non-panic. There's panic everywhere is what it is. Mm, <laughs> mm. I think, uh, by the way, for those who are curious, the conclusion we came to is that they are pretty impractical uh, in the sense that unless you are ultra wealthy, doesn't really make sense to have a panic room. Just well, that's that the on. that's there. There are only four people who are ultra wealthy, right? There's no like, there's no like starter panic room. <laughs> <laughs> there's only four people. What are you talking? Are you just what? It's, it's only four rich people. It's not. There's no like in the world. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> not the number four. It's only four rich people. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry about that. It's only for rich people. Not, <laughs> there's only four rich people. I you said there's only four. The yeah, number four you know, rich people. Zuckerberg, like, uh, Bezos. <laughs> there's only four of them. Yeah. Bill Gates. <laughs> what, what is Jeff saying right now? Okay. Uh, so also, I had a chance to watch a movie. So I've been getting a couple screeners. And I had a chance to watch a movie that is not going to be available until it's in theaters in December and uh in january it's but it's distributed by neon the company that distributed parasite so it'll definitely get a home video release at some point um but it's called gunda and i'll just i'll just read this text from the trailer of gunda Uh uh-huh so this is just literally on the trailer for gunda they they have this text okay uh it says the following this is a film to take a bath in it's stripped (laughs) to its essential elements Without any interference, it's what we should all aspire to as filmmakers and audiences. Pictures and sounds put together to tell a powerful and profound story without rush. It's jaw-dropping images and sound put together with the best ensemble cast, and you have something more like a potion than a movie, end quote. Any idea what filmmaker said those words? You want to guess... Guess what filmmaker? Michael Bay. It's a baller quote. Michael yeah. Bay. Okay. All right. That's one guess. <laughs> Jeff, any guesses as to what M. filmmaker? M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Not a bad guess. Uh, the answer is P.T. Anderson. P.T. Anderson oh, said that wow. about this movie, Gunda, which is a wordless 90-minute film by Victor Kosakovsky. Yeah. This trailer fall- looks like the gritty babe, by the way, <laughs> which, okay, I'm down for you know what's it? You know what's interesting. It reminded me so much of Roma, to be honest with you, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, because it is in black and white, and the font looks like it's from like the same font as Roma as well. But anyway, the the movie Gunda follows the daily life of a pig, two cows, and a one legged chicken, mm. and it's just there's no Another words, no humans. Movies. It's just ninety minutes of that in black and white, and it is absolutely transfixing. And I'd highly recommend it. But I'll talk about it more when people actually have a chance to watch it. But the movie's Gunda. And if you have the chance to see it at a film festival or something like that, you should check it out. All right. That's what I've been watching. Add an M at the end. I'll be interested. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Because it'll be bacon? What? No, because it'll be all about giant robots. Gundam. Nicely done, Jeff. (laughs) Love it. Devendra. I like how we're going to recover from this. Yeah. Yeah. Giant giant robots, greater than symbol, one-legged chicken. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's what I have been watching this week. Hey, everyone. I've been thinking about ways to make my home a little more comfortable uh, with winter approaching, especially since I live with two cats and, you know, I'm together with my baby and my wife. 
For us, covering up litter box smells is a pretty big issue. And before I started using Pretty Litter, I used to deal with clay litters that were just really dusty and had to be scooped a lot and just didn't protect odors very much. But Pretty Litter pretty much solved most of the issues I've had with typical litter. It uses super absorbent crystals that can trap odor almost instantly and it can last up to a month. And I really appreciated not having to scoop up so much clay as I used to. It's also safer for the environment and your household because it doesn't have irritants that can aggravate allergies and asthma as much as clay litter or other types of litters. Pretty Litter just does a great job of minimizing mess and dust in general. I also appreciate the fact that it arrives at my door safely in a small lightweight bag that sure beats heading to the pet store and lugging back huge boxes of litter. Shipping is also free and I appreciate not having to worry about storing huge containers either. What I appreciate most though is Pretty Litter's ability to use colors to help detect signs of early illness in my cats. And that includes things like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And cats aren't very vocal about telling you when they're hurt or when they're sick. So I found this to be super useful. So do what I did and make the switch to Pretty Litter today. Get 20% off your first order by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code FILMCAST. That's prettylitter.com, promo code FILMCAST for 20% off. Prettylitter.com, promo code FILMCAST. Devendra Hardor, what have you watched this week? I've been catching up uh, on the Small Axe films. I talked about them a bit already. These are the series of films, Steve McQueen, uh, five films he's producing for Amazon. Uh, I already talked about Lover's Rock, which is an astounding, astounding work. Um, And that is up now on Amazon Prime. But I also saw Mangrove, which is uh, a film about... um, a group of people, all these films are about the West Indian community in London. And it's about their experience uh, throughout the 70s and I believe into the 80s. But it's capturing that specific community because uh, Steve McQueen is West Indian. Uh, and I think I mentioned this before, but my family is too. So I find it to be a very like, we've never seen this, this sort of thing before. We've never seen people talking with uh, the accents of people from Trinidad and Barbados and Jamaica in a way where they're not just like side characters or, you know, joke characters or doing cool runnings or something, you know, like these are the way people actually talk. I wonder if watching these movies, I I feel like most people may even need subtitles because sometimes it gets so specific. And so like the vernacular is things that only people, if you grew up in that community, you may understand what they're saying. So I'd probably recommend that. Um, Mangrove is a film about a group of people who protested police violence um, in the 70s and specifically around the Mangrove restaurant, which was sort of like a community hub uh, in in that neighborhood. I forget the neighborhood's name, actually. Um, but it was it was a hub for everybody. And we see in the film that the police would just randomly kind of for no reason, just go in and ransack the place, you know, because they assume something bad's happening or there's drugs being sold or prostitution or something. And you see throughout the film that, no, the police just really want to mess with people and they don't really care what happens. So the film centers on uh, a protest that happens that got violent. Um, Nine people were charged, um, you know, held responsible for it or for at least... Uh, encouraging the violence and the film is about that trial. So I found this film to be incredible because it is, it doesn't look away from the sort of systemic problems that 
basically created the situation. Uh, yeah, there was a protest. And yeah, things may have gotten violent um, after a, a lot of like a lot of like police um, instigation, a lot of people being beaten up and imprisoned and taken away for no reason, just because these cops who are all white are just for fun want to like beat up this black community and the film doesn't shy away from that. And I think that is, it's just feels so powerful and focused in a way that I wished, um, yeah, we talked about trial of Chicago seven. I kind of wish that movie was more because this movie really dives into the idea of protest and the idea of revolutionary dogma and why people are doing what they're doing. Um, and I, I just think it's truly, truly moving and it stars or co-stars Letitia Wright in it too, who is, fantastic as a black panther member and spokesperson um i just love all these films i'll be talking about all of them at some point but if you want something that'll really stir you and just yeah remind you of the constant inequities and systematic racism that is happening happening all over the world but especially in the western world too um i think this film is worth a shot and hey it's just it's right there on amazon i, I love the fact the Steve McQueen, after making, you know, making his Oscar gold, you know, he makes a kick-ass, you know, heist movie. He makes Widows and he makes a movie entirely about his community, making movies that we've never really seen before. So I really appreciate that from him. And yeah, can't wait to see the rest of them. That's a mangrove and it is part of, uh, it's part of the Small Axe collection of films, yes. right? Yes, Small Axe collection uh, films. On Prime Video. What else have you been watching, Devendra? I saw Happiest Season, which is the, if you've been on Twitter or wherever this past weekend, it is the movie apparently everybody decided to see because it has, it's it's a really cute holiday rom-com with an amazing cast. Let me just list the cast of this movie. Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Mary Steenburgen, Victor Garber, Alison Brie, Dan Levy, Aubrey Plaza, Anna Gasteyer, just people who you see in things, you're like, oh, I would watch this because of them. I feel like this movie is a confluence of so many people you just want to watch. Uh, it's about a couple, uh, played by Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis, who go home to uh, their parents' house, uh, Mackenzie Davis's also house. I also want to call out Burl yeah. Mosley is in the cast as well. Just want to sure. put that yeah. out there, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I love him. Continue. I love him so much. Um, they go home uh, to Mackenzie Davis's family for Christmas, and, you know, they're they're a lesbian couple. And the 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 trick of it is Mackenzie Davis is not out to her family. So she and Kristen Stewart have to pretend to be friends sleeping in separate bedrooms. And, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a rom-com. It's a you know sitcom in many ways like that, too. And hilarity ensues. Um, I find it to be a really fun, enjoyable holiday movie. And I think it's actually it's exploring something that feels legitimate to like people who do have to go back home to their families and not show their true selves. And I think the movie doesn't shy away from that. It actually reckons with the fact that, man, this girl, she, she was raised in a way uh, with very, with, with parents who are very waspy are very much about appearances and going to rich fancy parties and whatever. If you do anything bad, it'll reflect badly on the family. It all feels so true. And I won't spoil where it ends, but I think like it, 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 it reckons with things that I've noticed a lot of people are championing it for. Like the, people have had this exact issue with coming out to their parents or why you're not a horrible person. If you feel so, you know, 
trapped by your family environment that you can't really be your true self. Anyway, I think it's a lot of fun too. Like despite all of this, it's also a ton of fun. I love seeing all these people and um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's on Hulu now. If you just want like a cool holiday movie that won't make you want to claw your eyes out, I think this one is well worth a watch because there's so many of those. There's so many bad ones. This one is actually fun. That's Happiest Season. It's available right now on Hulu. What else have you been watching, uh-huh. I have seen the Saved by the Bell, uh, re- I-, I don't know, remake? Reboot? Reboot. Reboot. It's a requel. I have seen it. It's on Peacock. And guys, it's incredible. I have heard it is, it is very, very good. It is, is one I'm of doing. the best what? comedies yep. I have seen this year. It is astounding. I'm sorry, guys. I gotta, I gotta is. go. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, you may you may want to sit down for this one, uh, Jeff, because <laughs> this show this show is uh, just a strap in, strap yourself in. This show's head. Javinder knows that I stand through the entire podcast. No, no I know like. you're getting ready to leave. I can hear it. Oh. I can hear it. <laughs> but the show's spearheaded by the showrunner of Great News, um, Tracy. Who's it? Wickfeld. She worked on Thirty Rock. She worked on Mindy Project, and she has like a very specific view of what the show is. And the view is Saved by the Bell kind of sucked. As in everybody <laughs> oh, there now, now I'm on was board. terrible. <laughs> Zach Morris is a freaking monster. You know? And this show basically reboots the series based on that idea, very much in the way of uh there there was another like good series reboot we were talking about recently. No, it's not quite is it's not quite hitting me. But this show starts with Zach Morris being the governor of California. And it is it is a promo, it's a political promo video of him being like, oh yeah, I I, I believe in families and all this stuff. The crux of the show is that he passes like a $10 billion budget cut that hits um hits education. It hits the schools. This show is actually about educational policy because what happens is he basically cuts all the funding from all the poorest schools. Um, and the show centers on two characters from one of those schools who, in the middle of trying to, you know, in, in a very Saved by the Bell way, like having a rally to try to save their school from being closed down by the evil government, their school just gets shut down and they get kicked out. And the only way to kind of make it right is to sort of uh, br- trick those kids in to the richer schools that are still functioning. So now these kids from, you know, poorer schools in poorer neighborhoods are going to uh, what is the name of the school? It's any Bayside High. They're going to Bayside High, and it does this amazing thing where, whenever the show is in Bayside, you get the like really really bright colors, the sitcom lighting from the '90s. Like uh, uh, one one of the first scenes, like there is even like a bit of a cheesy laugh track and everything. Um, and there are a lot of people you recognize there too. Um, like Elizabeth Hurley is back, um, and what's this? Mario Lopez is back uh, playing their characters in very different ways. But though, whenever you're in Bayside High, you're in the sort of like faux, happy, Elizabeth optimistic Berkeley, world. Elizabeth Berkeley, I think, not, not yeah, Elizabeth Hurley. Not Hurley, yeah. Elizabeth Berkeley. But you're in that world of the 90s sitcoms where everything's just so cheesy and fun. And when you snap out of it and go back to the real world, you get the like actual realistic lighting of these poorer kids who are in their homes and don't have all the conveniences of the kids at Bayside. And the show is all about them trying to basically get used to life there. But it is a show that is so aware of all the issues 
of the original series. You know, I watched probably every episode of Saved by the Bell. I didn't like that show, but it was just on. You know, it was something that was on after school, and I think we all just ended up watching. Um, and I don't think, like, aside from the occasional after-school special episode or something, I don't think it really stood for much other than, man, th- this Zach Morris guy is so cool. Um, he has a cell phone that looks like a brick, which uh, makes makes another appearance here, actually. Um, he He, like, the rules don't matter to him. Like, he can do whatever he wants and nothing bad happens. The show reckons with all that, and I think it's just it's very smart about that. Like it brings up all the issues of a school like Bayside existing while in a neighboring town, schools have nothing. You know, they don't have books, they don't have iPads. It reckons with that privilege. Um, it's also very funny. It's hilarious, and I think it's just so funny and self aware that here's the thing: it requires a Peacock membership subscription to watch. You can watch the first episode for free. But if you want more, say by the bell, you got to you got to pay the the peacock. Um, I don't know if I'd be doing that, but I am very very tempted because what I've seen in this first episode is really good, and I've talked to some people um, who just really absolutely loved it. So I, maybe eventually it'll come to Hulu or something. But I just want to throw this out there to all of you and our listeners: this show is amazing. Based on the first episode alone, it's so good. I, I spoke with my friend who is a TV critic recently, and I said, hey, what should I be watching? Should I be watching this flight attendant show? Should I be watching, you know, I la- named a few things, and she said, honestly, the best thing I've seen recently is Saved by the Bell reboot on Peacock. Yeah, but you got to pay for so, it after yep. one episode. Yeah. All right. So that's the Saved by the Bell uh, reboot on Peacock. Devendra, anything else? Yeah, I just uh, just want to throw a quick shout out to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, reunion that's on HBO Max. I love that show. That's a show I also grew up watching and watched every single episode. And I loved it. It was so good. So funny. I always loved that cast. It always seemed it was a show that was aware of how special it was. I think, right. A show about a well-to-do black family that was dealing with actual societal issues at times. And then, yeah, it could be silly. Like it's incredibly silly and really just a way for Will. It's a starring spot for Will Smith to, you know, show off his charm. Um, I think this uh, reunion is well worth a watch if you watched any of it. Um, even if you have like vague recollections of the show, I think it's worth it because it's great seeing the cast come back together. And um, Will Smith even does this thing where if you if you watch the show, you'll probably know there are two Aunt Vivs. I think at the beginning of season three, the aunt gets recast with another actress and the original actress, Janet Hubert or Hubbard, um, was just apparently fired. And they go into discussion of that. And he basically has a sidebar away from the festivities where he has a sit down with her and talks with her about what went down. And I found that it was interesting to see because um, it was a story I always thought about, you know, what happened to this very talented actor? Um, And it turns out it was basically Will Smith being a young dick. Yeah, he was quite, he was quite, it was a quite acrimonious split up. Yeah, he basically, he, he in a way made it so that the entire cast ended up ghosting her or shunning her. She was going through her own personal issues. Like she had a bad marriage apparently, and just a lot of things were going wrong. It was just not a good situation, but yeah, at the end of the day, Will Smith just kind of abandoned her and didn't support her in any way. So now what, what 30 years later, um, he, he's having some sort of like very public, public reconciliation with her. 
I think it's good to see uh, that whole sequence definitely serves Will Smith more than I think it serves her. And there is a point where she actually comes and meets the rest of the cast too. And she actually never met the actor who replaced her, the new yeah. one, which is just, there, there must be a big, big story there. But anyway, it was really good to see. I'm glad they reckoned with it, but man, I, I want more from Janet Hubbard because I feel like she was so good. She was so good in those early seasons and we just never saw enough of her. Uh, well, I'm glad uh, you enjoyed it. This is something I'm planning to check out because I was a huge fan of Fresh Prince as well. So I, I, I watched it constantly when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I think it was airing on like the WB. I would just rewatch like every episode. <laughs> I remember and... I watched that show as it aired with my parents. Like the, the the finale of that show, and honestly, the finale of a lot of shows made me cry a little because it's like I'm not I'm not going to see these people anymore. I'm not going to see this family anymore. You know? Yeah. Well, that's the Fresh Prince reunion, and it is on HBO Max. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Uh, so check it out there. All right, that's what Devinder Hardwar has been watching this week. Jeff Kanata, uh, why don't you give us like one or two items, and then we got to go to a break real quick. Okay. Um, I uh, had a chance to watch a new HBO Max show as well, The Flight Attendant, which so I think you just name checked. Yep. Uh, it is extraordinary. It is. I'm hooked on this show. Uh, watched all three episodes that they have released so far back to back. And I did not know what I was getting myself into. Uh, we <laughs> clicked on this, honestly, blindly because of a uh, hashtag slash tag, which, by the way, I don't know what I need to do to get you to mention it every time we do the what we've been watching segment. But I love yeah. hashtag slash tag. And we I, 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 I feel I, like I, literally <laughs> in the show notes, I always actually put it like, David, yeah. remember yeah. to mention hashtag slash tag. And I never Talk do. It. It's it's my bad. I, I feel like in particular for you, Jeff, uh, it may be the only way you hear of new things based on your, yeah, yeah. It's the perfect hack. It's the perfect life hack uh, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, um, my wife and um, her her youngest sister, whose baby's in the hospital nearby, and she doesn't live around here, but they had to bring the, the child to um, L.A. for the, uh, there's a specialist here. Uh, so she has no place to stay. She basically is staying, um, in the hospital with the baby, uh, her husband and she are swapping days because they only allow one parent in because of COVID. They only allow one parent at time in to see the children. So she has stayed a couple of nights at our house, um, and, uh, has entered our bubble, um, Mm -hmm. which has ramped up our COVID protocols because the idea of, uh, giving anything to that an yeah, eight-month-old yeah. baby who's post-op uh, would be catastrophic. Um, so anyway, she was over, and we were looking for fun, light things, and uh, gave this a shot. And I said, you know, we can bail on this at any point. And um, it, it, we started the first episode knowing nothing, and thought, oh, this is like um, uh, what's her name, Emily in Paris, or what's that show that uh, just was on? It, it, it's uh, Emily in Paris, Jeff. I, I think it's yeah. actually Amelie. Uh, Amelie, Paris. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to it's supposed yeah. to rhyme basically. Anyway, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> anyway, that my wife uh, blew through that show, and so I thought this is this is uh, this is great. Sure, it is not that show, <laughs> and gloriously so. Uh, yeah, we yeah. were immediately hooked. I kind of don't even want to spoil anything for anybody, but I would say watch this show. I mean, it is a it is a wonderful tantalizing mystery. And uh, I'm like, we were discussing theories and what might be going on. And it, it's, it, it hooked us right away. It has one of the coolest 
opening title sequences, it was a late, it, it's, it's late in the first episode that it happens uh, after you kind of figure out what the deal is with the show. Uh, but, you know, shows don't really do opening title sequences anymore. Great, they just yeah. have like the, they do the like, bum bum, and then that's it. You know, it's like, you know, one thing. And this what do is they like do, Jeff? Full, what do they do? They do the bum you know, like that. <laughs> um, this is like a full, you know, like two minutes of awesome animation. And it's, it's a really slick uh, opening title sequence. Anyway, the show uh, hooks me. It's got um, the actress from Big Bang Theory uh, in the lead role. And Kay- Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's great. Um, I, d- I don't even want to tell anybody what the deal is with the show. I just really, I, really hope. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you can say certain things because this show is literally being sold with the idea that this flight attendant is basically in a weird situation with a murder. Okay, like that is that is the trailer. That is the pitch for the show. It's on IMDb. That's not a spoiler. Um, but I, I think where that. the show where the show goes, it is it is pretty fun. It's also like a fun way to show like um this the main character just makes bad decisions, like bad decision after bad decision in terms of making herself not seem like she is somehow culpable in a, right. in a gruesome murder. Like she is, but you kind of buy it. This. But you, you kind buy of buy it, it because, because of her. Yeah. Yeah. Because of her. And also because you, it's the, the show is so good at the panic of what that must be like. And it's like the, you know, I usually bristle at shows where I'm like, ah, oh, it's such a dumb thing for the main character to do. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in this situation, it feels consistent. And sure, also sure. you buy into like, you know, it's so overwhelming the chaos she finds herself in that you go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that was in hindsight. That would be really dumb, but I could see myself maybe trying something like that. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> best laid plans. You know, I love those best laid plans type of stories. It's, uh, it's good. All right. I mean, that's it, the, fl- that's the flight attendant and it is available right now on HBO max. Yes. Indeed. Yes. All it right. is a max, uh, max original, which means it's not on actual HBO. Indeed. All right. Uh, (laughs) Just hard to parse. (laughs) You know, the flight attendant is the show. It's time to thank one of our sponsors for this episode of the podcast, Paint Your Life. Uh, People who follow my work on Twitter and on Instagram may know that I am really into photography and the visual arts. And I thought this company is so cool. What they do, Paint Your Life, is they provide you a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. So you send a picture of yourself, your children, your family, uh, a place you like, uh, or you can combine photos into one painting. With Paint Your Life's compilation portraits, you can bring together family members who never had the chance to meet or create a portrait of the whole family without the need for everyone to be there for a family photo. And that's particularly important this year uh, when, I don't know about you all, but uh, me and my family, we are not getting together for the holidays this year. uh, And something like Paint Your Life is a great way to bring people together safely. Choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect. You can order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. The process is quick and easy, uh, and you get the hand-painted portrait in about three weeks. Uh, These paintings are meaningful, they're personal, and they will be cherished for a long time to come. This makes the perfect holiday gift for someone you love or for yourself. I had a great experience with Paint Your Life, and I would highly recommend them. Uh, I think these paintings make a great keepsake. So, at paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money 
is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get the special offer, text the word FILM to 64000. That's FILM to 64000. Text F-I-L-M to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. And uh, I also uh, finally got around to seeing after many hashtag slash tag recommendations. And it, actually, the thing that put me over the top was my dad and his wife saying, you have to watch My Octopus Teacher. Now, this is an interesting situation of something that I resisted watching because I thought I knew exactly what this thing was. First of all, have either of you watched My Octopus Teacher yet? Nope, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah. So this was a situation where I thought, I know what this is. I'm not really in the mood to watch this. Uh, and it turns out I was exactly right about what I thought it was. I was just wrong about how much I would have wanted to see that. Uh, it, it, it is extraordinary. It is almost impossible. It feels impossible that this movie exists. It is a documentary about a guy who free dives. Free diving is going down deep in the ocean without any air. It's just holding your breath and going down. And he free dives down to this spot and finds an octopus. Octopus, by the way, some fucked up creatures. I do a whole podcast about it. We have concerns. We, talk, we, we sell merch called, that says these aliens on it because these aliens. Uh, nothing will prove these aliens more than watching my octopus teacher, by the way. <laughs> um, basically, the, my octopus teacher plays out like a first contact movie, but it's a documentary that takes place on Earth in our time. Uh, so anyway, this guy free dives down to and finds this octopus and decides to be completely obsessed with it. He goes every single day for well over a year, doesn't miss a single day of going into the ocean and free diving down to see this octopus. And by the very virtue of the fact that he goes there every single day, he develops a rapport with this creature where it starts to trust him. And he's able to capture on video impossible things. It doesn't make any sense. I need to watch. Maybe I should have read this before even bringing it up. But I need to, I need to find out the methodology of how, how this even was possible. Because no matter how committed you are to being there every day, I don't know how he always manages to capture the things like all of the big events that happened this day, he, he was there to capture. Not only that, but he's only able to be down under the water for like three or four minutes at a time before he has to come up and get air. So how the fuck did he get all this stuff? And the, the, the like shot reverse shot of, of it. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I do not understand how it's even possible that we witness what we witness in this show, this movie, but you see, incredible footage of an octopus that is i think the most extraordinary creature on this planet that i have ever seen uh and you know we've talked about it a lot on my other podcast they share no dna with us there's there's very few other creatures on this planet that share zero dna with us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the octopus shares zero dna with they they's literally aliens and you see this thing 
do shit that a sci-fi movie would spend a huge yeah, <laughs> budget yeah. to visualize. You know, it is Arrival was it, right, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it, the level of intelligence that is on display in this movie, it's you go, oh my God, th- these are brilliant thinking creatures. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not usually one for nature movies. I'm not usually one for, um, you know, the national geographic specials. I can enjoy those things from time to time. This is something on a whole other level, as far as I'm concerned. And it really deserves all the accolades I've heard. All the people urging me saying, Jeff, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You were right. Thank you for all those hashtag slash tag recommendations. Uh, you were right. My dad was right. It is, uh, it is, I, I constantly, we were watching it. And I was constantly turning to my wife and her sister and saying, this is amazing. What are we witnessing here? And I don't even want to spoil anything, but you see things that I, it just, it just, I don't know how he captured. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. Like literally holding his breath, going down and only being able to be down there. Like what happens when something incredible is happening and you're running out of air? What do you do? What do you do? You just, Mm -hmm. you're fucked. You have to go up and get air, but somehow it it doesn't miss a beat and we don't miss any of these incredible moments. And like, it's it's amazing. Mike, my, my question for you, Jeff, uh, will you still eat octopus after watching this movie? Oh, yeah. Octopus is delicious. dude. It's delicious. It's amazing. So, yeah, yeah, that's my dilemma right now. Right. These beautiful, intelligent creatures that live right near us um, can't stop eating. First, of all, can't stop eating them. first yeah. of all, Jeff, I think you would like Gunda. Based on uh, our conversation, <laughs> your, your, your description. Of well, octopus. I was thinking about Gundo when, I mean, I was thinking about my octopus teacher when you were talking about Gunda, but also I was thinking about giant robots. Uh, mm-hmm. But also mm-hmm. it's interesting that uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who I think is a, a vegan, like came on to Gunda as a uh, executive producer after he saw the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of these movies, like forcing people to consider uh, that the animals they eat have intelligence and personalities. Uh, yeah. it's, it makes people less likely to want to eat them. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting the effect that can have. But That's a anyway. baller move, right? You see a yeah. finished yeah. movie and you're like, I'll be an executive producer on that. Yeah, I mean... That's, it's, a, that's a pretty baller move. The movie's done, but I want to executive produce it. <laughs> I mean, I, I have literally done that before, but... You I know. know. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a move. I like but, that you know, move. For small, for small, short, you know, smaller or shorter films. So anyway. Um, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jeff. You know, I'm, for most of the last few weeks, whenever you've recommended something, I've gone on to watch it, by the way. So mm. I actually and not, watched, and not uh, talked about it ever. Uh, I mean, that's not true. I talked about the Auntie Donna thing, but mm. also uh, I did watch the uh, world champion thing. Oh, um, yeah. Which uh, which I, I thought it was ki- kind of enjoyable. You know, I didn't get as much out of it as you did. Um, also, there was all I a lot got of, out of it was laughter. That's what I got out of it. There were a lot of people really confused uh, uh, during the last episode when you described a woman as eating shit. Like, I don't think that's a common phrase around the world. Like, people know what that is, but it, it really? basically means falling down on your face. Um, but there, just wanted to just wanted to clear that up. You guys knew what I meant, though, right? Yes, yes, I, I knew it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but anyway, Jeff, uh, it's a colloquialism what? that uh, you know it's about falling on your face. You eat shit. <laughs> when you fall, when you fall on your face. Yeah, it was I mean, some actual shit eating. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Why wouldn't they be connected? Um, 
But uh, anyway, my point being, I've taken your advice, and so I'll probably check out this film, My Octopus Teacher, which is streaming right now on Netflix. I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna really like it. It's, uh, it's some, like I said, I resisted watching it, and then my dad kept pestering me. He's like, "Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it?" I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna, I gotta do this, or else my dad's never gonna shut up about it." And I, I'm so glad I did. All right, anything else we're watching, Jeff? So let me be your dad, is what I'm saying. Mm. Weird. Right. Uh, anything else uh, you're watching, Jeff? Well, something you mentioned a long time ago, I'll just be very brief about it, is uh, we, we share a love of stand-up comedy, and you had mentioned uh, Seth Meyers' stand-up special, Lobby Baby, um, which is fairly recent, but I think it's you know several months old now, very, very much pre-COVID. Um, but I, I'm a fan of Seth Meyers. I, I almost every night watch his uh, A Closer Looks on YouTube before I go to bed. Um, and... Uh, his stand-up special is really good. Really, really good. I could not believe it. I mean, I'm already kind of a fan of the guy. And the, you know, his weekend update style delivery is 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 fine, is is good. Uh, but his stand-up special is brilliant. You talked about his there's a section in it where he says uh, he uses the Netflix feature of being able to, you know, sort of um skip around and stuff. And he talks about there's going to be a section about politics. If you don't want to watch that, press this button and, you know, sort of bander skip over the political jokes, basically. Yeah, bander snatches. And that's, and that's clever. I don't think that's the most clever thing that happens in this show. The most clever than this Santa special, the most clever thing he does, in my opinion, is he does the last section of the stand-up special. He's been t- talking jokes about and telling jokes all about his life and his marriage. And, you know, it's called Lobby Baby because his wife literally gave birth in the lobby of their building to their child. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's talking about his relationship and it's really wonderful observational humor and that my wife and I both loved because a lot of it was like how we behave with each other too. But then at the end of the special, he goes, okay, now I'm going to do stand up comedy as if my wife was telling the jokes. And he does this, mm. this extended stretch where he's taking on her persona and talking about him and it's great. It's brilliant. And it's, it, I just thought it's wonderful callbacks to jokes he's made about her. But then you see like how she, her perspective would be on that same funny situation. And he throws himself under the bus, you know, as she would. It's, it's, uh, it's very clever. And I really enjoyed it. So that's called Lo- uh, Seth Meyer Lobby Baby. All right. And that is uh, streaming on Netflix uh, right now. That is what we've been watching this week. Let's move on to weekly plugs. We're going to do weekly plugs. All right, this is going to be a shorter weekly plug section this week. Uh, I have a quick weekly plug, which is something else I watched this week is The Undoing, an HBO original series that I did not like. And I reviewed it. And yet you watched all of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not proud of myself, but uh, I had a chance (laughs) to talk about it with uh, Tara Ariano, who is from the Extra Hot Great podcast, former guest of this podcast. Uh, and we discuss it on my personal Patreon page at patreon.com slash Dave Chen. Um, so check it out there if you are interested in hearing our thoughts on the HBO original series, The Undoing. That's my weekly plug this week. Uh, Jeff Kanata, any weekly plug you have? 
Well, you know, I do lots of things. I have lots and lots of shows, and I talk about them during weekly plugs quite frequently. But this week, you know, it is post-Thanksgiving here in the United States, and I'm struck with gratitude. And so I thought I'd just take a moment here during weekly plugs to say thank you uh, to everyone listening. We, as you know, started our Patreon just recently, and it's been extraordinary seeing how this community, this audience has rallied around the show and, you know, we talked about doing a Patreon for a long time before we did. We weren't sure it was a good idea for a long time. And to see how the audience has embraced us and supported this show makes me so grateful. It really does. And it has the potential to really um, add a level of uh, security and uh, ease of mind that I'm so thankful for uh, yeah, I mean, let, the let idea put, that we're not yeah. beholden mm -hmm. to uh you know to anybody uh we're, we're literally making the show and it can be sustained through the actual people who listen to it is yeah. pretty amazing it's it's incredible and uh, there's a few things there's a few like impacts that this has i mean first of all uh it motivates us to want to make a better show right and i think like we've from what i have observed i think we have put more time and effort into the episodes um now that we are backed by Patreon. And I think that's a good thing. Um, and as you said, it helps to set us up to be more financially independent in general, uh, which is something that's extremely uh, valuable during this time in our lives. Um, and it also sets us up for the future. You know, it ensures that the show can keep going for uh, a pretty long time. And those are all really meaningful things that we are very, Indeed. very grateful for. So I, I think that's all good, by the way. But I, from my perspective, it's just it is really great to see that a ton of people aren't aren't just listening, but actually want to pay to hear us, you know, do stuff. It does make me think, like, hey, yeah, what we're doing is actually important here. We're not just like a random episode on somebody's podcast feed. You know, people are engaging with it, and I really it's valuable that. to them. They yeah. they, they yeah. are literally defining value uh, for our show. And I think that's, that's extraordinary. Um, and, and, you know, I got a, a tweet this week, somebody saying, you know, you ask you for pay Patreon money and you have all these other things and yada, yada, yada. And, and I, the, the, <laughs> you guys know this about me, but maybe the listeners don't is I'm always expecting everything I do to fail. Oh yeah. All the time. That's the like, way you should go through life. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as the, the life of an artist means uh -huh. I, I'm the same way, by the way, I also yes. expect everything yes. Jeff does to fail. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, and you're right. Most of the time. Uh, but everything, just I just, just you, I assume everything's going to go away tomorrow, right? It's all going to go away, whatever, I, you know, and that's just being an actor. You know, you you never know where your next gig is going to be. You never know how long it's going to last. It's all fleeting. It's all ephemeral. And you get into that mentality, even, you know, I've been doing DLC for eight years. <laughs> there are things that have lasted a long time, but you always just, I just always assume, well, this will be the last week because of course there's no way. I mean, it's a little imposter syndrome, but it's a little like the, the reality of how fickle uh, all these things can be. And when you actually have the audience saying, no, we find value in this and we will pay for it. You go, oh, we're not beholden to anybody other than the people that actually appreciate what we're making. There's no advertiser that can pull the rug from out from under us. There's no producer. There's no there's no other entity 
that gets to define that. And it's a really welcome feeling. <laughs> it makes me feel, you know, you, you have, you, you harness the power in your own hands at a certain point. And it's, it's really nice. And it's all because the audience is so awesome. So I'm here to say, thank you. I appreciate all of you. It, even if you know, you can't afford to support us, that's fine. Being here and listening and valuing what we put out into the world is, is important. And, uh, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Patreon.com slash film podcast is how you can do that. And uh, this week, our After Dark, we're going to be discussing The New Mutants, which is something I asked Jeff and Devinder to watch. Yeah. And they did. So <laughs> I think, I, I, think yeah. I actually watched it before that. But yes. Speaking of uh, valuing things, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> valuing our time. <laughs> yeah. I value their time so much that I asked them to watch The New Mutants. So we could talk about it. Anyway, um, thanks to everyone who is uh, contributing at patreon.com slash film podcast. I I, I will also point out, though, Jeff, that the main show will always be free. I mean, I think that's the thing that uh, we've gotten to some people who uh, have, uh, you know, not been as happy with the the, uh, new Patreon. Like, overwhelmingly, the vast majority of people are super happy with it. But a couple of people have pointed out, like, um, that they're not happy with Patreon. And I mean, the, the main show, as it has always been, will always yeah. be free. Nothing so, changes no, for you. Nothing has I, changed. I, nothing has changed about it. In, on that yeah. front. All right, so, yeah, there's um, just more. There's just other things that there's are more. Other, there's or, other or, things now. Or that, less, yeah. depending on how you look at it. If, if you think that <laughs> having no ads is less, then, yes. the, then there's maybe less. There you go. You can pay for more and less at the same time. Anyway, <laughs> um, you can also donate and make a one-time donation if you are interested, uh, separate from the Patreon. And that's exactly what Simone Freed did this week. Along with the following message. Dear, dear Hardawar Chen and Kanata, for too long I've known that I oughta click to rate and review or donate funds to you. Please consider this note and errata. The past several years have been strange. I've struggled at coping with change. Stuck in grad thesis hell. A rough breakup as well. Plus COVID-19 and my ex of two months quarantined up with my best friend leaving me solo and the vast political, social, economic destabilization of America and 2020's general refusal to respect any rules whatsoever, including those of rhyme and meter. <laughs> Thank- Love, it. Brilliant. Love it. Thank you guys for providing a space to be geeky and kind in one place. Feels like being with friends who know stories can mend. You give me hope for the human race. Sometimes crisis makes room for a dream. I now roam full-time in an Airstream. Who knows what comes next, but I wish you mad checks. Signed, a fan of the Slash Filmcast team. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. Great. Yeah, that was from Simone Freed. Amazing. Uh, who also, by the way, drew an image of a money horse. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I, you know, I've been thinking of like, for some of our money horse, horse donator, uh, donors, like getting them like a digital image of a money horse that they could put on sure. things. Maybe we'll do that with this. I'll, I'll, let me text it to you guys right now. If you have your phone so you can, so you can at least look at it so we can admire Simone's drawing on air of her drawing this money horse. Incredible. Um, I just, I just sent it to you guys. If you, if you could see that money horse, okay. but I think this is pretty good. Um, <laughs> you got some cow. That's <laughs> a brilliant. <laughs> it's a cow that says nay. <laughs> oh, genius. That's genius. Also, so I have I'm, to say, living, living the dream of COVID life of, uh, yeah, traveling around in the Airstream. 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, well, Simone, thanks so much for the generous donation and also for the lovely poem. And I'm glad that we could help you through some challenging times. Um, Three, four poems, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you can always donate at paypal.me slash filmcast, but never donate if it in any way causes you hardship or anything like that. There's a super easy way to support us for free. Let's go into Apple Podcasts, leaving us a star rating or a review. We really appreciate it. All right. Let's get to our review of Run. Will she be okay? (laughs) You do everything for me. You teach me. You cook for me. Am I a burden? Sweetheart, I could do more. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me. And you need me. Are you okay, Mom? Of course I'm okay. I have you. That was from the trailer for Run, the newest film by director Anish Chaganti. Uh, I'm going to read the plot summary over here from IMDb. Uh, This movie, by the way, has uh, debuted on Hulu recently. Um, A homeschooled teenager begins to suspect her mother is keeping a dark secret from her. This movie stars Sarah Paulson as Diane Sherman and Kira Allen as Chloe Sherman, her daughter. And it's notable because Kira Allen uh, plays a wheelchair-bound character in the film, and she actually uses a wheelchair in real life, which is rare to see. Usually you see like an able-bodied person play somebody in a wheelchair on screen. So it's notable because she is a complete unknown prior to this point. And uh, this is her her debut in what Hulu has claimed is one of their most-watched movies ever. So not only is it her debut, but it's basically a two-hander. Yeah, yeah. Right? she, yeah. she yeah. has to carry the movie. Yeah, it's, totally agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. Sheldon, Sarah Paulson of all people. Yeah. 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 Sarah Paulson, a considerable talent. So Devinder Hardor, what did you think of Run? Yeah. So here, here's <laughs> the thing. I really, I really liked searching. You know, Anisha Ganti's first movie, we reviewed it, we talked about it quite a bit. Uh, I felt like he had a good handle of what makes a good thriller, you know, but that movie also had some weak points. I'd say, I think that there are elements of like where that movie gets a little bumpy. You're like, Oh, okay. You know, maybe, maybe this could have been smoothed out a little more to me. Run just feels like all bumps. It is a thriller that it, it feels really well made. Um, the actual choice, you know, the the shot selection, the way he places the camera and the way certain scenes are edited and the actual acting, like I think are are, are fantastic. I think this movie in, in many ways is technically a great thriller, but it is not a good thriller when it comes to actually making me care about these characters or the situation. It feels, I don't, I don't know how to say it. I feel like, a, th- a good thriller, right, has to be grounded in a certain way where you can understand the rules of what's happening. You can kind of understand the universe and um, you get what's motivating people. And I feel like this movie is just a little too short to really get into all that. Um, in many ways, it feels to me like I think this movie borrows a lot from 
one specific, you know, sequence from The Sixth Sense. And I don't think it adds much to it. And I will get into this in spoilers. But I think like in many, like all the key sequences of this movie, where I should just be on the edge of my seat, really figuring out like what's happening, what's going to happen to these characters. I was just thinking like, God, this is so dumb. This is incredibly dumb. Everything happening on the screen here is unbelievable. Not in a way that I would, you know, a I would allow for a certain amount of like, you know, a fantasy in a, in a thriller, but the things that happen in this movie just feel so contrived and unbelievable and ungrounded that I just couldn't really take it seriously. And it just, it kind of swings in the direction of getting to be very dark and basically a horror movie um, with, with no basis. I don't feel like it actually sets up where this movie needs to go. So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really, like be on the same wavelength of this movie because I feel like it used so much shorthand to get to where it really wanted to be, which is basically kind of a horror horror thriller type of thing. And I don't think it justifies it. I think every set piece of this movie kind of falls flat if you really think about it. But yeah, I have to talk about that in spoilers. So I, I will leave it up to you guys. What did you think? Jeff Kanata hit us. Well, Dave, I guess you could say I'll hit you with a limerick. Could you? I root for a film that portrays disability without the cliche, but this one's moronic. I'm not being ironic when I tell you to run away. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, I disagree with the sentiment, but well done on the limerick. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Uh, this reminds me of A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> a movie wow. i was rooting wow. for wow yeah, I was rooting yeah. for i, I, I wanted was that, yeah i hear that yes i wanted that movie to be awesome i the the people involved the spirit of that movie the inclusiveness i wanted it to be great and boy was i disappointed with a wrinkle in time and I completely agree with Davindra. He said the word that kept going through my head over and over and over. Dumb. Boy, did it feel dumb. This movie is, it, it's got a few sequences that I think create tension. And they create tension, <clears throat> excuse me, they create tension in the way that I I love where I, I'm thinking to myself, what do you do? What do you do in this situation? How do you get, oh, this, this character has a disability. They're a, a, a unique challenge that they have to overcome to get through it. And there's a couple of moments where the main character like does some MacGyver shit. Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's really cool. Like thinks her way out of a situation. But mostly the movie turns on things that are so dumb, like a giant exposition room. Where are they going to be? Where is she going to be? No, no, In no, the Jeff, giant a room, giant exposition box. The a giant box. room of exposition where, <laughs> what is the one place that we should put our main character uh, when she's most in peril? In the yeah. room that has all the answers to all the questions that she has you, neatly you know, sorted for her to find. When I commit a horrible crime, the first thing I do is clip the papers of my crime and just save it in like a nicely tidy uh, evidence box. It's great. Yeah. It's smart. And yeah, I mean, I, we'll talk about it in spoilers specifically, but that, in, that entire sequence is so 
<laughs> infuriating to me that like oh, this is man. where the movie turns like this is the turn of the movie is by no by literally <laughs> no agency of the main character at all all of the questions of the movie are just laid at her feet and like here you go here's all the information you wanted she does nothing to earn it nothing yeah. and it's so frustrating and that's not even the that's not even like by that point I had already really checked out of this movie uh because I feel like that is the most egregious example but over and over and over the movie seems to just really not respect my intelligence which sucks because searching I felt was so smart sure, like, yeah. like it respected the intelligence of the viewer in that you know it stayed on that computer screen and it understands that we know how to put uh uh, that we've all lived through dealing with our computer screens and it like it did that in a very smart way. And this movie just felt like over and over and over again. It, it's it, I, I just thought this is the dumbest way that this could have played out. And I mean, it's unfortunate because like I said, I was really rooting for this movie and I think the performances are great. I think, uh, you know, Sarah Paulson's always great. But I think that um, uh, Kira Allen is really good. Is she really good. Really, she, she holds her own, I think. Yeah. Yes, uh, which absolutely. Which is hard, hard to do. Hard to do. And has a huge you. lift. Like, this is a huge lift for her. Like, it is a lot of shouldering the weight of of the emotional roller coaster of this movie. And she does a great job. Like, I hope she has a long and interesting career because um, she is, I think, a really interesting actress. Mm-hmm. Uh but man, what she's asked to do here just feels like a waste. It, it, it's it's an interesting premise that has some cool ideas, but squandered on poor execution, in my opinion. Well, uh, let me get into some thoughts, and then uh, we can go to spoilers. But I really quite enjoyed this movie. You know, I'm always a fan of movies that uh, take, a, as I mentioned with Panic Room, like take a few limited ingredients, mix them up a little bit, and uh, do their best to make them exciting and it was not clear to me that after watching this director's work that he would be able to make something like this work like it's ar- arguably more challenging to do a movie like this that's like limited locations limited characters yeah, yeah. and make it exciting than uh than it is to shoot a more conventional film that has like many locations and many characters and what have you um I was listening to an interview he did on KCRW and he's talking about how this is kind of like the anti searching where it's like you know, it, it all it all takes place in one house, but it's like you're you're barely on the computer screen or something like that, you know, <laughs> and it's like and uh, I I'll just say I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a little bit silly at the end, like some of the late plot developments yep. are kind of <sighs> silly. Yeah. Oh, man, um, we haven't even got to that stuff yet. But, but yeah, but overall, ahead. there's like a few really effective tense sequences and there's a lot of creativity both in getting the characters into these situations um but also in how uh, the kira allen character uh gets out of them and i just think that there is a lot of ingenuity both in terms of the script as well as the character um i was genuinely tense for several of the scenes and I, as you mentioned jeff i think all the performers do a great job so i really like this film and i recommend it um so yeah those are our thoughts, but let's get into but, more. But specific- before we get to spoilers, I, I just want to say, like, real quick, especially for people who who are waiting to to actually watch it, I do feel like this movie feels like thriller cosplay. Like that's the only way. 
I can think of it. Like it has the it has the technique, it has the style of a thriller, you know, it has the great actors like Sarah Paulson is fantastic. And also if you want to see her be also um, you know, similarly uh fun to watch, uh, I would say watch many, many American horror story seasons. You know, she is fantastic in so many things. Right now, the Ratchet Show isn't it's not great, but she is very good in it. Um, but the sound design of this movie, the score of this movie, like nothing, nothing can ever really be quiet because every little moment that is supposed to be dramatic has like the dramatic, you know, rumblings or a sharp string or everything feels like a jump scare in a way. So I feel like that's... Could not disagree more. Could not disagree more. I think that the score is is actually really awesome. It's written by Torin Borrowdale and I found it to be uh, really uh, classical, like invoking kind of old school thrillers, like uh, from like Hitchcock days. Yeah, I, I thought it, it was definitely great. felt like old school thrillers. This is why I'm invoking the cosplay thing because it feels like it is trying to do a lot of those old Hitchcockian things, right? This is there's a lot of rear window in this movie, except I yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it in spoilers because I I was reminded of uh, yeah. Wait Until Dark. Sure. All right, let's uh, get to spoilers for Run starting now. Now you're looking for the secret. Trying to see this coming. No. But you won't find it because, of course... You're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You want to be fooled. All right, spoilers for a run starting now. The the, the show, by the way, that this most reminds me of is uh, a another Hulu show called The Act. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but this is based off of the real life story. Before the act existed, there was a uh, a documentary directed by Aaron Lee Carr, brilliant director, former guest on Culturally Relevant, who directed a documentary called Mommy Dead and Dearest, uh, which is Mm -hmm. the case of a girl named Dee Dee Blanchard, uh, who is extremely overprotective of her daughter, uh, Gypsy. Who's trying to uh, like basically, you know, enacting Munchausen by proxy on this girl, right? And like saying she has all these illnesses and she's super sick, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but in fact, like it's possible that not that much is wrong with her. Uh, and so here in this movie, Run, you obviously have a similar situation. Um, so that's what this like, like. There's a lot of different inspiration. Yeah, yeah, Shyamalan's yeah. one, but yeah, ba- basically Munchausen by proxy. Some some psychological disorder where like the mom is inflicting damage on the child. Uh, and or like claiming that the child is damaged or sick somehow to get attention and sympathy. Um, well, she somehow got her hands on the same pills that Queen's Gambit is using. And uh, <laughs> you mean the magic plot pills that do whatever the plot needs? Um, yeah, yeah. The the I was surprised that she didn't get magic chest powers from them, yeah. like uh, in yeah. Queen's Gambit. Yeah. So okay, so I th- there is a sequence in this movie where. I mean, Devendra, you had a you had a beef that I think was like fairly legitimate. Where I have a beef with every single sequence of this movie. So let's go, <laughs> let's go. I have notes right now. So she call she calls. So she yeah. finds out that her mom is feeding her these pills that she doesn't know what they do. And so well, look, look, huge... before we even the inciting incident of this movie is that she just notices a pillbox with her mom's name on it, and she's yeah. like, huh, huh. I guess there's no other level of suspicion she's ever yeah. had from her mom until it that is, moment, according to the yeah. movie. 
Because at the beginning of this movie, yeah, she is she is a girl who's okay. She's being homeschooled, and her mom like runs a really tight ship, apparently. But she, she seems fine. The girl seems happy. The mom isn't like overtly abusing her or anything. She's not preventing her from leaving the house. Um, it seems like uh, Chloe, who's uh, Kira Allen's character's name, Chloe seems fine with this. The only the only spark that something may be off is that her mom gets a bottle of pills, which I, well, okay. so her mom is also like getting the mail. Sure. <laughs> oh no. I know. I know. It's, She's it's super very, eager about the mail. Yeah. This is what I mean about like grounding this movie, because I don't feel like this movie lays the groundwork for kind of w- the insanity that follows, because really it all comes down to, Oh, her mom got the mail before her and Oh, her mom seems to be getting pills. And then she notices, I don't know why she starts peeling back the label other than, oh, there's this new pill in my pill, you know, pile, I guess, every day. I guess that's different or something. And well, then she pulls back the, the label the, and that, the, that the could events, be a little weird. The, the events of the movie are she notices this pill bottle with yep. her mom's name on it. So she's yep. like, why is she getting a pill bottle with her mom's name on it? Sure. Then, then later she, she fetches the pill her. bottle and it has her yes. name on it. Yes. And yes. her mom no, 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 has the, put what, what yeah. actually what actually yes. happens is she sees the pot bottle with her mom's name on it and then she sees her mom give her that pill. Yes. Correct. That is right. It. So she's she's like, why am I taking a pill that was prescribed to my mom? Yes, correct, yes. correct. So then she so fetches that is, that's a little curious. Okay. Yes. She yeah, fetches yeah. the pill bottle and then she finds out that hey, it's actually her name on it, but her mom has pasted her name over her mom's name. So and she's that, that, to that is a good spark for you know, if you're okay, something weird. Is happening, right? But not but, for. But are are yeah. we to believe that she's been taking that pill for her entire life, or yeah. at least since she was six, or whatever those pictures are? Like she was, but and also, I'm not a person that takes a lot of pills, but isn't it only in Hollywood that pills are visually distinct? I well, like, so I, I was talking with my wife about this. Like when it comes to like name brand stuff, those pills will often look the same. Okay, like they will they will have specific colors and everything. So maybe that's what they're going for. And they kind of mentioned this in the movie. But yeah, if you're getting, you know, off brand stuff or generics and yeah, those could be whatever, you know, you could. It's, it's all plausible, which is why in a handy yeah. piece of exposition, the stranger that she dials on the phone says <laughs> every single pill of this kind looks the same. So that way I, I do not know care, how Jeff. you can take this movie seriously after that whole phone call sequence. Wherein that is such she a just weird calls. A random dude. <laughs> it's a, the, a random her dude solution to her. the problem. So her solution to the like it's a it's a tantalizing problem. Yeah, like they established a tantalizing problem. She's got no internet. Yep. She can't find out the information that she needs. How is our hero going to solve that problem? Mm-hmm. That is a wonderful yep. dilemma. And the four one one bit is good. Like the bit where it's like, oh, I'm going to call four one one. Oh, they're going to charge me. Got to yes, hang up. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be yep. on the bill. Her mom's going to see. That's all great. And if, and then you go. What's the next step? What would I do? <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and was your answer call a completely random stranger and ask call him to Tony Revolori? Call Tony Revolori, and he <laughs> will help me out, baby. By the way, who? By the way, at no point do I believe this is a real human being. She has reached yep, like the yep. level of establishing the the character <laughs> via. You know, honey, you know, that kind of shit. Oh, I was just like her, grating, her social engineering, absolutely grating. Her social engineering, just masterful of like, she'll, she'll, she'll come around. Yeah. 
Don't worry. <laughs> no, Don't worry about that was it. The big solution is that she's just going to like pep talk this dude and <laughs> pep talk his relationship. And so he's like, oh, the pep talk. Well, okay. Well, now I'll, yeah. now I'll Google. I will Google. And then for he's you, just stranger. like, he's in front of his computer, you know, a uh, Googling, ready to Google. It's such, it's such a bad way out of that problem, which is a cool problem to put your character in. Yep. It's, it, and you guys are saying it's bad because it strikes you as implausible, basically, right? Implausible. Yes. Dumb. Dumb it's is the dumb. word. It's dumb. If it's, I read this in a book, if I saw this in a TV show, I don't care who like wrote it and directed it, I would call this dumb. Yeah. Like, in, is there any universe, Dave, in which you think that the solution would be to just dial a random number? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, what what is your solution that you'd come up with? Because it, it well, felt I, like I, a... Re- I think the movie portrays it I didn't it write as the a, script. Yeah. Uh, or the, or the at movie, least... Give me, give me other reason. calls. Like, give me just give yeah, exactly. me calls of like give me a like, couple of failures. Yeah, and she has Somebody to find the right off. person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe they shot those and they're like, you know what? We don't need it because no one is going to be hung up on this. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. I yeah. definitely need to give it credit for the things that didn't make the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, I think you're being sarcastic there, Jeff, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, so she, she finally deduced. Now the thing that yeah. really got to yep. me was when she's like, okay, let's go to the, uh, the movie theater. Let's go to the movie and, theater. Yeah. Yeah. and, uh, she flees to go to the pharmacist and asks the pharmacist, like what's going on. And I think it's a great like touch that the pharmacist yes. knows them because they, you know, yeah. they're in touch. Um, but then like the mom finds her there and it's like, what? Like, what was a series of events that had to happen for the mom to find? My it? daughter's not you know, in the bathroom. She must be at the pharmacy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of like, okay, okay, movie. You're kind of, you're kind of pushing yeah. my my suspension of disbelief is kind of shaken a, just a little bit here, just a little bit here. But then, yeah, I mean, she wakes up in the room of. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, just hang oh. on to this pharmacy sequence a little, right? Because it goes. <laughs> It goes on, right? So first of all, she, the girl tries to say like, um, yeah, I had this pill, don't know what's up. And then the pharmacy is like, oh, if it's your mom's pill, can't give it to you. And then then the like, we're the, playing like, a game. <laughs> yeah. We're playing yeah. a game. And then yeah. the pharmacist, she just found the perfect pharmacist who fucking loves games. She, she, oh. she, saw, she saw the picture of a, of a puzzle of a, room, Of right? an escape room. Yeah. yeah. So the, yeah. we, I'm going to play. I, she, you're right, Dominion. She is a master of social engineering. She, uh, she, yeah. she could be like, like Sherlock Holmes. She picks out that this person is obsessed with games because of that escape that room photo. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, well, I'll bend the rules if it's for a fun game. Is That's the fucking solution to that problem is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I love games. So uh, let me help help you out and give you this confidential information because you guys are playing a scavenger hunt. Who fucking believes that? (laughs) I mean, you know, Jeff, you think it's really silly. I think it's, again, they're making the most out of uh, the limited ingredients they have. I I do uh, do have to say, Dave, I am thinking of you differently now after (laughs) accepting the, the like horseshit this movie is selling us. Like I mean, that, you're the one. You're, you 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 liked Queen's Gambit, Devendra. So you know, I like Queen's it, Gambit. We're, and we're even. I I can I can defend Queen's Gambit, but you did not go in and fundamentally deconstruct every aspect of Queen's Gambit that like like that you hated. And I can do that for this movie. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> I, I want to get to the. I'm going to get to the room. Yes, fine. Yeah. Because 
Well, okay, the, let me just say no, this. No, no. Do we like her, uh, can we at least say like her escape sequence was good? Because I thought that the was pretty escape, cool. I thought that okay. was, yeah. yeah, that was cool. That with the, with the, using the, 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 um. The inanimate carbon rod or whatever it's called. Yeah, she, you know, like, she uses her soldering iron. No, it's a soldering yeah, iron. Yeah. To yeah. crack the, ga- the glass and then she yeah. spills water on it, which makes it crack. Yeah. Hey, like that the, whole sequence. The, 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 the reason that sequence is awesome is because you keep going, why does she fucking have yes. a mouth full of yes. water this whole yeah. time? <laughs> and that's brilliant. That's br- mm-hmm. genuinely brilliant sequence. And it's cool. It's some MacGyver shit. It's like, it's awesome. So yes, I will, I will yeah. grant you that sequence is really cool. That sequence in a vacuum is cool. What happens after the end of that sequence? Um, somebody who's asthmatic all of a sudden physically exerted herself quite a bit and now she's having an asthma attack this girl deconstructed the physics of blowing open a window that she didn't even know was open or closed but she was smart enough to grab her soldering iron put on an extension cord hold a mouthful of water she is asthmatic she's lived her entire life with asthma she knows she's doing something that's incredibly physically demanding she does not bring her asthma inhaler uh, maybe she had a lot on her mind, Devendra. She, she had a lot she, she had to do. She, I, she so methodically thought out this entire plan. But okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, how, what's what's? Why not have her drop the asthma inhaler when she's out the window? Yes. Right? We, we, yes. She's got so many yes. things in her hand. You drop the asthma inhaler, it lands oh, no. on the it falls lands on, on the first story. Yeah, it slides down the thing, falls. And now we know. Mm-hmm. D- does she turn back? Does she keep mm-hmm. going? She knows she has asthma. Uh, you know, ramp up the tension instead of it just being like, well, agree to disagree. I thought it was actually, but I will say that everyone else I was watching it with said, Hey, why, why did she forget her inhaler after doing all this stuff? But I think, but I think that uh, it makes sense because she had all this stuff, you know, you're carrying like 18 things out the door, you know, and it's like, Oh, I forgot one of the things that was important. It's completely plausible. Yeah. I forgot that life saving one. The life saving (laughs) one. Yeah. I think it's very plausible, but you know, you guys don't, and that's okay. All right. So we get to the, let's get to the room of exposition. No, 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 (laughs) no. Now we have to get to the postman. Mailman. Mailman. So she wheels herself down to the mailman and, Okay, convinces him that some like he, he he seems like the only person in this movie who is like not an idiot, you know, who fundamentally <laughs> understands that something is wrong here. I've known this woman and her child my whole life, but I don't quite trust her based on what I'm seeing here. And um, yeah, then we we don't expect him to turn around for this to happen. Um, it just seemed it seemed a little contrived in the way that I think anybody who's seen a thriller kind of knows what's going to happen. I kind of wish, I just personally wish like he was like, man, just you're not safe here. Why am I just like hanging out here waiting for your mom to follow us or something? Maybe I should get this girl to safety a little faster. Maybe, maybe we should hustle, you know, cause this girl I, is bleeding, I'll, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give the movie credit. I thought that sequence was well done. I liked yes. how that guy, Pat Healy, reacted. very talented. Pat actor. Good. Very ta- but talented. They, actor. Show I the gun. He- they show the gun. Didn't use the gun. Okay. Like yeah, that, that's, that's, that's true. They, Chekhov's gun didn't go off. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I did like the way he handled that. I thought that yes. was all really well shot and how well. he's like, where do you want to go? The police station or the hospital? I thought that was cool. Like he, I didn't expect his character to be smart because the rest of the yeah. movie has been <laughs> smart and I feel like he was smart. And I, so I, yes. I'll give that sequence some credit, but where we end up after that, is the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time because 
she took the time to chain the wheelchair uh-huh. with a long ass chain that's long enough to get to the magic box of exposition. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's kind of like, she can't leave the basement, but she can yep. get to the box of exposition. And so again, it's a, little, why, it's a little bit of a contrivance. Why dude, I, dude, would you why, keep oh. the evidence? Why would why, you? <laughs> yes, okay, what? even if he, uh, so, so let's, let's, just, let's just say, no, I agree with you, Devendra, 100%. Yeah, that yeah, is the yeah. stupidest thing in the fucking world to keep the paper clipping of the real par- parents. Yeah, I, I was not, like, not in a, let's literally, literally the words came out of my mouth when I was watching it. Why yeah. would she have that newspaper clipping? Okay, but, 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 but okay, let's just, let's just say for shits and giggles that, you know, some criminals return to the scene of the crime. Right, like, right, right. like yeah, that, there's yeah. an obsession. Maybe that's like, there's some sort of deep down guilt that you want to like. There's some weird thing. I'll even just grant the movie, even though it's the stupidest fucking thing. Let's just <laughs> let's just say, okay, she's got a box that is categorized like <laughs> with even chronological <laughs> order of the exact progression of events that happened. Okay, yep. she, so we, let's just say she's got that box. Yeah, uh, I I'm, will not accept the idea that she kept the letters of acceptance to the <laughs> colleges. <laughs> Yeah, there is zero reason for her to have kept any of them. Yep. Right? Well, the maybe maybe she's perfect- going to change her mind later and, and let her daughter go. <laughs> yeah, you know? just yeah. Instead of killing people and drugging her daughter, no, the the I, like intercepting the letters, not wanting her to go to college, all is consistent. The idea that she would keep the in a stack that's within reach of the person she chained. Is the stupidest shit I have ever. It is so insulting to the intelligence of the audience. We get that she yeah. fucking stole the letters from the mail. We get that, like in yeah. Act One, we got beginning. we got that. We understand that's what, like we saw her at the at the meeting where she's like, "I definitely am okay with my daughter going away," and you're like, "Nope, no, you aren't." You know, we get we get it. Yeah. The idea that the movie thinks we're so stupid that. We need to see the actual acceptance letters and that she would fucking keep them. There's no universe in which she keeps them. It's the stupidest shit I've ever seen, dude. Well, the, the, the kicker I, to I, the I scene. Think... Uh, go ahead, Devendra. <laughs> Let me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. I know this movie's already dead and we're still killing it. But I the don't kicker, agree, but okay. The kicker to this scene is that when her mom finally confronts her and tries to lie to her again, like tries to gaslight her about all this the camera pans to the box full of evidence. The camera pans to the letters we just saw two minutes ago. And she looks back at her mother. Like, that's the sort of thing where I'm like, you don't, you don't even trust me to remember what you just told me two minutes ago. Like, I don't, I don't, uh, I can't accept that. I mean, that. Here, here, here's what I'll say is that th- they obviously wanted to pay off the whole idea of the daughter, like her stealing the admissions letters, right? Like sure. they, they wanted to pay that off. It's a critical part of the, of the film's plot about this mom denying her daughter independence and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so then the question is, okay, well, how are you going to pay that off? Right. That should have, that should have been you, like, you a, have, well, and, and, and there's the many first ways you can, thing. you guys have talked yeah. for five minutes about this. Let me yep. talk for like yep. 30 seconds. Okay. There's many ways you can pay that off. Right. You could have Sarah Paulson tell the daughter, I've been keeping the, like, I threw away the letters because you're with me and we need each other, you know, blah, blah, blah. You could have her do that. That's one way you could do it. But basically they looked at all the options and they decided, hey, it, it's it's probably the most dramatic, uh, the most kind of emotionally satisfying 
for uh, Kira Allen's character, Chloe, to actually discover the information herself and like have that look of horror on her face. Like they made the choice that can that I, was the best way to do it. Now, can sure. I provide an alternative thing yes. just off the top of my fucking head? Yeah. Which yeah. is, hey, maybe in that room, instead of all of the evidence so perfectly pristinely laid out in front of her maybe she has to actually do something to earn it maybe she has to actually get her figure out a way to to move something to get the chain long enough so she gets to the fireplace where she sees the burnt embers and there's just the the insignia of the w that we've established and she realizes oh shit the letter she burned the letters like Anything that shows some fucking intelligence for any character in this movie, there's no the 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 ingenuity of the main character is stolen. She does nothing to earn the information that she gets, and the diabolical nature of the villain is stolen because she does the stupidest thing that you could possibly do. It's it just ruins any investment I have in these these people because it's like, well, these are just the stupidest people I've ever seen. <laughs> Well, well one, one, I, one other thing just worth mentioning here, like I maybe the problem is having both of those reveals like back to back in in the dumb exposition room, the like discovering those letters could have been a great first act ender. Like that would have been a much better you know thing to make the daughter mm. distrust her mother rather than, huh, these pills I've never seen before. That's weird. I, I, so yeah, first of all, actually not, not bad ideas, guys. I mean, I, I, I will say, uh, it's possible that some of these ideas were considered and rejected, you know, for dramatic reasons, for practical reasons. Um, I think for me, they struck me as like the, the movie had earned quite a bit of credit up until that point for me. And I kind of, I was like, okay, I, I see what you're saying. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, I, I think you guys, this does feel a little bit dumb, you know, and it's just but, so unlike you to give the movie the benefit of the doubt. I just, <laughs> it's so unlike you, Dave. I'm just yeah. shocked. That's all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the movie, but that's, I guess that's a testament to like how strong I felt the movie had overall been until that point. But yeah. And then the, the finale and the, the thing is there, like Man. the movie does some really, really smart things. And, you know, there's a whole sequence where like her getting out of the house, she like throws the wheelchair off of the lift and everything like that. It's like hardcore. There's this moment when she's trying to like communicate um, with a nurse at the hospital and their nurse is like, sorry, we can't give you a pen. Like, let me, let's give you a crayon. And it's just like, Oh, like most movies probably would have like brushed past that. But like, this is a movie that actually like addressed that in some way. So the movie did like quite a number of smart things and it, it did some dumb things. And I forgave it for the dumb things because of all the smart things it did. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, but Devendra, we've been going. We're almost at two hours here, so I think we got to wrap up soon. That said, sure, sure. I will. I, I, I'll, I'll say this: I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it made great use of the actors, great use of the setting, and it has some silly parts, including like the very end. We have to talk about the very end. We have to talk about the very end. Jeff, what's your what's your beef with the very end? Everything. All of this. Well, yeah, I, I want I want you to tell me what your non beef with the very end is. I want to know. <laughs> I want to understand what my non beef is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how do you like? Uh, okay, we we flash forward seven years, uh-huh. right? I mean, she she gets she gets shot, takes a header off the stairs, which yeah. I thought was actually kind of cool, right? That's yes. kind of a cool yeah. thing. And like, I, oh, I, was I see where this is going. Um, Chloe to like kick her off or something like, cause she's standing right in front of the stairs. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. Well, well now like, she's the one who is not going to be able to walk and that'll be, you know, come up and, yep. but <laughs> 
So I, I mean, I guess she's like reunited with her original parents and, and they're the know. grandparents to her kids. Uh, and uh, she is now smuggling the same horse tranquil or dog medicine in her mouth yeah and, to... and is she like force feeding it to her mom somehow yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> yeah this the this fuck? entire movie is the simpsons um steamed ham thing okay you expect <laughs> me to believe this woman after seven years <laughs> held a grudge so long she has just forced her mother to drink these pills. This this girl who seemed perfectly sane and like nice, otherwise now she is like basically a psychopath. She's a psychopath. She's a psychopath. She's a total monster. You know, like I did not feel like that was a justified punishment to her mom. And and how is it all even working out? I mean, she's so sweet, and she's like yeah. dutifully coming there every what week? Every there must yeah. be cameras in there something but okay it, it is it, it's such a strange turn and i think we're supposed the movie wants us to be like yeah Fuck yeah. yeah she did it yeah she got she got her the you know turnabout is fair play and it's like no 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 that's not what we want from our main character we want our main character to be a little yeah. noble here have, have her and, sweet life go to college you know do, yes, do that I, that's what I, I we do wanted. think I guess I I feel like that ending is kind of uh it, it puts the movie squarely into camp territory. I think I would say, right? Yes, and, not in uh, a good way. Sure. Yeah. All right. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. But. But also, you've, yeah, you've got, I, you. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't. It felt. We. It felt weird to me, especially given the kind of self seriousness of the yes. moments leading up to it. Like she kind of yes. gets up and walks yes. through the metal detector. She has a yes. ring. You're like, Oh wow. This is a character that's like overcome her shit. Exactly. Right? And, and we've so already, you've already set up the fact that she falls down the stairs. You can have her get that comeuppance in a relatively natural way that like we, we would buy, like if you just saw her bedridden or in a wheelchair herself, you go, Oh, I understand the, the how that happened. To, the cut to Sarah Paulson is just like zombie. She is a zombie. Yeah. I will say she, you know, Sarah Paulson, a beautiful woman, yes. looks absolutely terrible in that scene. <laughs> oh you know, like they God. really went yeah. over the top, I think, with that makeup in that last That's, scene. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. But why, I mean, how, like, okay, so she smuggles the, the medicine in. You expect me how to believe she, that she how smuggles she the medicine in? How is she it down her throat? How is she forcing her to take it? Yeah. Why did she just not take it? I don't. And wouldn't wouldn't like a better, more heroic ending for our, you know, our character who's gone through so much. You know, she was stolen from her parents. By the way, very hard to steal a baby. Very fucking yeah, hard that, to steal by the a way, baby from a totally hospital. Totally agree with that. Unless, yes. it, unless it's like in the 1950s or something. Like hospitals have come up with all these systems yeah. to make sure no. that babies so cannot right, leave. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because they just yada, 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 yada that yada, shit. Yada. I, and and give me the there's even like heist of how that happened, please. <laughs> yeah, and there's even like the the thing where it's like mystery mother or mystery uh, person being searched for to find baby. It's like, well, maybe you should check the lady that lost her child yeah, and yeah, then the lady left. Disappeared. Yeah, yeah, maybe you should maybe just I don't know because Call there's her. a whole yeah. there's a whole universe of did she invent a new identity because there's going to be somebody that's going to knock on her door and go, Hey, we're checking with all the people who were in the hospital at the time that the child was stolen. Yeah. You know, like it, does she invent a whole new identity to be able to pull that off? Uh, it, it, you know, the, 
all of that is just yada, yada, yada. It's just like, oh no, yeah, she stole another baby. It's like, no, that's fucking hard. That's not a thing. That's not a thing you just do. Anyway. Well, uh, here's what I'll say is I'm planning to interview the director this weekend for Culturally yeah, Relevant. And I will think about asking him some of these questions. But right. overall, I like the movie. I'm sad you guys did not. Uh, I'm sad but, I didn't uh, either. I wanted to love this movie. I want, you know, yeah, I want more I great thrillers like this it. to succeed. Yeah, I was rooting for it. There's, I'll just say this. There's nothing you guys are saying that I'm like, wow, how could someone possibly think that? You know, like, there's, <laughs> right. it's all it's all reasonable reactions you guys are having. It's just not the reaction I had. You know, I thought that just, it had more more good going for it than bad. So I feel like I um, could go through this entire movie and just repeat the steamed hams thing. And it would fit so, every single, every single sequence. <laughs> So brilliant, Devendra. It's so fucking true. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's so even brilliant. though I disagree with the sentiment that it was a very at, good analogy. at the end. The movie is like, <laughs> yes, I do expect you to believe it. Yes. Well, can I have some? <laughs> All right. No. That's going to bring us to the end of this episode of the Slash Filmcast. Uh, stay tuned to hear what we'll be discussing next week. Find more episodes at slashfilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast.gmail.com. Our theme song comes from adamwarrock.com. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Hillinger. Our uh, weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross. This episode was edited by Beatty Sang. Next week, we'll be reviewing Mank, the new uh, David Fincher film. And in the after Wait, I've heard that before, Dave. We've yeah. said that we were going to review that movie before. I know. Hopefully I didn't fuck it up this time. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think we'll probably be discussing Citizen Kane and maybe other things next week after in the After Dark. And in this week's After Dark, we got some conversation about New Mutants coming up for you. So if you are a patron at patreon.com slash film podcast, you're going to hear it before everyone else. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. We watch the movies, flicks, tracks from the good side, bad. It's the slash film Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 